0: All right, let me know when you... Yeah. All right, give me a point and I'll, I'll go. Try to make this table as squeaky as possible. <laughs> please, please lean on it as
1: much as yep. you can. I appreciate it. Nothing like extraneous sounds. I think I'm adding to it too because I'm straddling the two legs here. Right. In a kind of a sexy pose. Nice. Splay-legged, you know, sort of subtly humping the table.
0: Lovely. Yep. All right.
1: I like to paint pictures with words. <laughs> Let's start the show.
0: Everybody, welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby,
1: and I'm David Dedrick.
0: And as far as I know, the episode is six twenty-eight. Do you disagree? I now speak now or forever hold your peace.
1: <laughs> I will say I will agree with you. Actually,
0: all right, very good. Six twenty-eight carried, is. and uh, we all get the uh, Christmas off. All right, time, time for us.
1: Time for old business. Yeah,
0: that's right. We all gonna have recess for Christmas. I don't know what we're gonna do of we'll recess cups on christmas um welcome to the show uh, as a i think i said i've got name. some terrible news for you by the way so oh if, jesus since you
1: said recess cups it reminded me that okay
0: I... uh, this is dave's uh bummer beginnings <laughs> bummer. by the way this is bummer this movie. is how we get uh, and keep listeners yeah is uh his segment bummer beginnings <laughs> it's like we start off in a good mood yeah. and then about two minutes in dave goes. Yeah, I got some terrible news. I got some terrible news. All right, so this is Dave with his terrible news. Here uh,
1: it goes. I was at the grocery store yesterday, and I saw some Reese's, piece, Reese's cups being advertised,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they've added caramel.
0: Well, to some, not to all. Not to
1: all of them. No, no. It's right, your choice. But it still, it just seems like, what? what's the purpose of this? I mean, besides to hog the shelves with your, okay. with your garbage.
0: Well, there was a period of time where, by the way, we're talking about chocolate bars right off the top. <laughs> so there you go. All the greatest hits. There you go. It's it's yep. we're Def Leopard and we're starting with Pyromania. <laughs> Happy? Uh, so okay. So for, I don't think that that goes well together. Car- caramel and peanut butter. No, it's a terrible. You idea. never would like. I made you a caramel peanut butter sandwich. No, <laughs> terrible. Bad idea. <laughs> I mean, they really you make
1: a caramel sandwich they, ever. But
0: they had to once upon a time really yeah. push the idea of chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah. To, to, to the point where they had to pretend it was an accident. And you know, so they gave you all these scenarios of this person's walking down the street, That's eating right. a big uh, chocolate bar. And you're That's like, right. okay, I can see someone walking down the street with a chocolate bar. Yeah. And then another person's walking down the street eating a big jar of peanut butter. Well, they're a maniac. Like, there's no way anyone was ever walking down the street with a big jar of peanut butter with a spoon, just well, like it,
1: eating. At least they had a spoon.
0: Lisa had a spoon?
1: I said, at least they had a spoon. Okay, I thought
0: you were saying your wife would walk down the street with a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> no,
1: I was saying, right. at least. But that's, they had if a spoon. you saw that person. If they were like, walking down the street, this was using two fingers. That's a
0: flaw, by the way, to the, to the whole commercial is like, yeah. we're starting off with, well, this happened. Okay, one thing, that's yeah. a normal thing. Yeah. Other thing, nope. And, that, and then this occurred, back it up. Why was that person walking down, eating? And then they recreated this scenario over and over, over again. And over again. Yeah. Made no sense. Yeah. So they bumped into each other. Someone got chocolate in their peanut butter. They got peanut butter in their chocolate. Uh, and they went, it's great. And somehow then Mr. Reese uh, saw that and went like, shut up. And uh, <laughs> took their idea and didn't uh, compensate mm. them for it.
1: <laughs> well, I think, yeah. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. I think it was such a social faux pas.
0: To eat peanut butter in the street? To
1: put no to to put peanut butter with chocolate that they had to excuse it with the idea that it was created by accident, not necessarily in that accident that was used in the commercials, right? But they just as an excuse for why this happened. Someone accidentally know tainted the chocolate yeah, with yeah. like some
0: peanut butter fell in, yeah, and they went ah, let's just sell it. <laughs> let's just sell it <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even
1: taste
2: it
0: and they and they said like are, are people allergic to peanuts yet yeah. and they're like no they're not yet but they will be one day what about the people who are there so there's no one allergic now it's like yeah of course they are they yeah. just die and we don't care and we don't say anything about it because we're the past and we don't care I'm like okay fine and so they sold it and then uh, reese came along and went yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> and uh, went that and then some maniac now uh, adds caramel
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, the thing about it is that it's not really peanut butter. It's pe- like a peanut butter flavoring, but it's not It's not peanut butter.
0: No, it's not. Of course not. It's not at all. If you've ever... And of course, as a kid, you did. You <laughs> dipped a chocolate bar into peanut butter and tried it. Yeah. First of all, it's fine. Uh, but two, not at all like that no, powdery Reese thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, like, it's a bit different.
0: Okay, here's the Some only... Some thought went into that. Like, I understand... that This is the problem with business, is you can't just... Go, we're good, and when stop. Yeah. This is the Coca-Cola problem. Mm. At some point, you have to try and fix Coca-Cola, yeah. and uh, no one wants that, and it, everything screws up, and everyone's sad. But mm. you've got to do something, otherwise, you get fired from your job. Yeah. So the per- the people running Reese went, uh, we got to do something. Uh-huh. Uh, how about we make white chocolate we've already done that okay how about we make them smaller oh we've done that how about make them bigger oh we've done that how about we add more in the pack we've done that oh son of a bitch we're running out <laughs> of things i don't know what do we got lying around got some caramel put some caramel in it eh. and it sounds like a bad idea it's a bad idea but at least it's yeah. an idea and so the person keeps mm-hmm. their job through christmas yeah whereas the only thing i could think of that would work for that would be if you added another layer, like uh, it was kind of banana flavor maybe. Because. I'm
1: even more horrified. Pe- no, no.
0: Because because banana works with peanut butter and yep. banana works with chocolate. And so you could, that will. Oh, be- you're
1: not, I thought you were saying, <laughs> having caramel banana
0: and peanut no, butter. No, no, throw, because, yeah. Then you get, get rid of the caramel. You get rid of the caramel. Okay. And you make it a banana situation. Yeah. And then you go, I'm bananas for Reese's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I, That's the only thing I could think of that would work like if you're adding something to yeah. peanut butter and uh, and with the exception of bacon. You could also do bacon. Mm. Bacon would also work. Uh it's 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 a, a bad idea, but it would it would do okay. <laughs> uh
1: the problem with putting bananas with things is it just everything tastes like bananas. It's kind of like putting grapefruit into a fruit salad. Your fruit salad just tastes like grapefruit. You might as well have just made a grapefruit salad you're and correct. F- left out the rest of everything else. Yep. Um and I feel like but, I mean, maybe I'm just thinking of like banana flavored Slurpee or something like that, where you add banana mm. to the Slurpee, and then next I thing you know, wrong. everything else just tastes like banana, like it just overwhelms. Its I'm with flavor.
0: you with the Slurpee. If we're going fruit, we got to go. Uh, eh. You can go lime, you can go cherry, you can go. Yeah, yeah those, like are all, those are all. Those are all civilized banana, flavors. No, no yeah, dice. yeah, no, no, it's garbage. Yeah, it's garbage.
1: And maybe it's. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's uh, too new. Like people don't. Whoever invented it didn't understand like that. You make a subtle flavor a subtle flavor of banana that's a hint at banana, you know, like lime isn't really like, doesn't really taste like lime. It's like a hint of a hint of lime to a general sweet flavor.
0: Like if you're doing the Reese's caramel thing, then you take the peanut butter out. And you just go, it's new Reese's Caramel.
1: Well, yeah, like do like a caramel, but yeah, it's like a giant bringing... caramel that you can't believe. That you're this much yeah, and it's like caramel. so
0: much caramel in it. And this is like, <laughs> you got to pop it in your mouth yeah, yeah. or you're in trouble because of, you know, that's a question. Uh, explosion yeah. of caramel in your face. The
1: question isn't how do we get the caramel in this? Why do we put this much caramel right. in? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I didn't
0: thing. realize until fairly recently. Uh, it's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited was so dirty. Is it? Oh, it's very dirty. In what way? In in that uh, it's a sexual thing.
1: A party in your mouth is a sexual thing.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a party in my mouth. Yeah, and everyone's invited to go into my mouth is a sexual thing.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a dirty.
0: It's I a mean, dirty, I could, I could, it could be it read is. that way. Uh, yeah.
1: But I don't think like everyone's invited. I mean, he's not inviting people. Is he? He's inviting like more of whatever he's enjoying.
0: Oh, I don't think that's the case. You think at he's all. inviting
1: people to go into his mouth? Yes. I mean, that is kind of dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that's what it's Mendes like, yeah uh, I don't remember the I don't remember the exact uh, context of, the, of this quote though so okay I can't I can't speak to it entirely
0: yeah it's like obviously it's a there's a Simpsons there's a Simpsons joke and there's a, a couple other things uh Katy Perry used the joke as well uh, I'm trying to remember where the original oh yeah there was a it was also a, a running gag in arrested development uh and there was also in Futurama yeah uh, but I'm trying to see where the, uh, where the original version of it, uh, was, but it's, uh, oh, oh my God. I think it was a, I think it was a Reese's thing.
2: <laughs> oh I'm goodness. not, I'm not lying. Wow.
1: Our show is. Yeah, uh... it
0: is. It's a Reese's thing.
1: Okay. We meant this. This is not an But it was Reese's
0: Puffs. Okay.
1: What are oh Reese's... my God. Oh, Reese's Puffs are like cereal? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. And that's the first, first time I this is I think it
0: is. Oh, oh, oh my God. I was just looking I was just looking
1: it up. So maybe and, everyone's invited to have a party in their mouth, not in that person's mouth, but they're just like, there's a party in my... M- oh, no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it really doesn't make any sense anyway.
0: Okay, well, listen, I, I, I got to look this up. I didn't do my research ahead of yeah, time. Yeah, well, I on. apologize. Sorry, Reese's Puffs are not a cereal. Reese's Puffs are the uh, Reese's Cups that then have puffs in them. I don't in, know. In the, in the uh, uh, Reese's uh, Cups. What are puffs? Like... Um, like almost corn pops. Oh, okay. Situation, but oh, peanut butter. Okay, uh, pops. Oh, okay. Oh man, sorry. I, I this this takes some deep research, uh, but I believe that that was a dirty thing. Just hey, uh, how are you? Just dude, thinking about, about
1: that. Um, things that like were okay in the past, but now it sound terrible. There's.
0: Oh, dude, I've got something for that. There's, there's. Keep going.
1: The Dusty Springfield album, which you know, the expression "everything's coming up roses," which is a fine expression, but then when you say "everything's coming up dusty." <laughs> And it's, there was a time when that was just like people went, oh, that's just a play on everything's coming up roses. But, you know, reading reading backwards from a time where we are much more, you know, more likely to uh, see the double entendre, maybe unintended. I
0: thought that it was, uh, you know, uh, it was like pushing up the daisies. You know, no. everything's coming up roses, pushing up the daisies. It sounds very <laughs> the, similar.
1: Everything's coming up roses is an is expression that means everything's going great. Okay, it's not it's not a reference to everyone's stuff. It's
0: because and why is there all those roses coming up? Because you're yeah. buried underneath.
1: Them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pushing up pushing up daisies.
0: But it, it wouldn't work, work if you were dusty. It that would be a desert. It's, not,
1: it's maybe a yeah. cactus would come up. Everything's coming up dusty. And I guess that meant like like because Dusty Springfield is singing and she's a very good singer. So right. this is this is true. Uh, you know everything is great because Dusty's singing. You know everything's great because you know all these roses. Uh, ignoring the fact that the roses are covered with horrible thorns. And I just was putting out my Christmas lights last weekend, and I had to deal with our giant rose bush at the front of the house, which is just like a you know it's a worse than a trifid, and it's um, trying to attack you while you're right. Just doing a simple. By the way, I've had
0: enough of your trifid bashing.
1: <laughs> so, well, I apologize. You though. know, it's very anti-space uh, nature. <laughs> it was space nature. You're right. You're right. It's a
0: weird, weird book.
1: Because <laughs> I've been thinking about it a little we while ago. We should do a
0: supercut of all the mentions of Day uh, of the, <laughs> the, the, the triffids. triffids.
1: Well, just the fact that okay. So in the story, in the story, it's got two different things happening in it. So one is, there's some sort of, it's probably people, like, it's some sort of thing that happens in space. It it implies that it's human-caused in the book, but everyone watches this giant, like, sky display of explosions and stuff like that. And anyone who sees it is blind the next day. Right. So that's one story. And that's a pretty good story. So now you have a world of blind people trying to get along, blah, blah, blah. But that's not enough for John Wyndham. He's like, no, that's that's too boring. What I also need are space plants that are hunting down pe- blind people and killing them in this in this post you know post vision world. And so you have the two stories. So you have the blind people, and then you have the triffids. And then about halfway through the story, he gets bored of that, and he just he he invents a, a some sort of like plague kind of thing that just kills a bunch of people. So he gets rid of like a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the. You know, you know, just get rid of all the blind people because we're tired of that now. Remember, it's going to be Triffids versus the people who are left after this plague has right. gotten rid of all the blind people or most of them. And uh, it's you know, it's a great book, but when you think about it, you're just like, what makes no? Go, what's going on here? Why is there two different storylines? Like, well, either's fine. You can have Triffids hunting people. That could be a whole novel, or you could have people blind people trying to get through this situation that's
0: happening. They had two ideas and went like, I'm going to put it all in one book. But Wyndham said, yeah, it's I'm going to.
1: Not his real name, by the way.
2: Okay.
0: Don't ask me what his real name was because I can't remember. And then it said made up Wyndham instead. That was the that was the go to. Not something super cool. Yeah, he just called himself John Wyndham. Instead of like John Laser or something. <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Do people normally like make cool?
1: I mean, I guess Mark Twain is kind of cool. Since it's, yeah, Mark Twain. It's Mark One, Mark Twain. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't think is it Mark One, Mark One. Well, uh, I mean, it, that's what it is. It's like it's a. It's it is a, a counting thing, yeah. Yeah. yeah so Mark example. One, Mark Twain. Yeah. I don't know. if You'd say whatever the <laughs> fancy word for once. Yeah, would be. I don't know what that would be. I, I apologize for, fine. Fine. to Mr. Twain and all his uh, descendants. It was a river. It was a river thing. It was a it, damn right when people were river crazy and <laughs> were like, make it about a river. Woo, love it
1: on the paddle and no old paddle wheelers. Yeah, to figure out where the depth. I guess they had a person doing marking at the front, so he would have like a a stick a literal stick, and he'd just put it down into the water and then to let everyone know what the depth was safe to keep going
0: here's uh sorry if you've got more terrific talk i'm I don't I'm have up. any
1: more I'm all out of it
0: uh, although we can, i'm sure we can all agree that that was terrific sure <laughs> all right, and hey everybody, yep. that was take twelve. <laughs> Yes, We have done stuff. some fancy editing on that And that was the best one <laughs> Eventually I needed to get back To writing my own damn book And I didn't have time for that um, I, I do, This is a long way to this yeah. But it then opens And I feel, okay And it does uh, go about speaking a little bit of Ill of the dead And I feel a little bit bad about that right. Because you know this yeah. person can't defend themselves Because no, they're they no longer in existence Because they're uh, coming up roses <laughs> I think they're pushing up daisies <laughs> but if you,
1: if you say that their death, after their death, everything was coming up
0: roses. No, 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 no. You I'm are speaking ill of the dead. No, because, you know, there's people I know who know this person It okay. feels bad. Okay. Um, so, Okay. Where this kind of comes from is, and I'll slip a plug for uh, my other show in, in this, is uh, do a show with uh, yet another Dedrick, Jason Dedrick, and Vicki Van, and Eric Fell, called Refresh My Memory, where uh, we for a half hour, we do a yip-yap, and I'm not in it. I'm sitting back, like, just making sure the knobs work. And by that, I mean them. What? What a terrible <laughs> thing to say. They're all fine people. How dare you? Um, but... Uh, the film that they were talking about this time around, which you can listen to on the Sneaky Dragon Network, is Gremlins. Joe Dante's Gremlins. I've heard of it. Right. So uh, that. Uh, so I had Gremlins on the mind, and then I saw a little uh, YouTube clip by Bill Hader uh, singing the praises of the Burbs, and I had mixed feelings about the Burbs when the Burbs came out. Is that now, Dan Aykroyd. And... That was uh, no. It was uh, it's um, Tom, oh, Hanks Tom Hanks oh, sorry. and Rick Dukeman. And basically everyone from Gremlins is in that. <laughs> and it's a Joe Dante movie. Okay. So I'm like, ah, oh, I should I should give that a try. And seeing that, I was like, oh yeah, Rick Dukeman, You know, he's he's just such an interesting person to me because when I was uh when I was starting off doing comedy, uh he he ran a roller skating uh place, uh like a roller skate shop, uh next to the kids only market on Granville Island. Okay. And uh Terry David Mulligan who was a DJ uh, who hosted a um, TV show called Zig Zag, went to interview him. Just to, It was one of those, hey, let's talk about roller skates because, you know, mm, got time to kill. And they hit it off. Yeah. And he said, you should come do sketches on the show because you're really funny. I was like, ah, all right. And so he started doing sketches on the show. And from there, he went on to do stand up. And from there, he went on to do star search. Yeah. And he lost to Brad Garrett, the co-star of Everyone Loves Raymond. Yes. But he was, he was a big hit uh, and then went on to a career in movies and uh, passed away in, I think, 2015. Okay. Sadly. But the, the controversial thing in Vancouver was when he went to Star Search. Yeah. Because uh, they went, you got to go do Star Search. Okay. I have no material. So he took material from the Vancouver comedians. And uh, here, and did it on Star Search, mm. and uh, did quite well with. You know, so people were steamed yeah. about about him.
1: Does, does everyone do that when they leave Vancouver? I'm just thinking about Cheech and Chong leaving Vancouver with a bunch of other people's. Oh, did it's, they? Yeah.
0: Oh, well, may, maybe they did, but you shouldn't. <laughs> no. And so there was always like a hostility kind yeah, of towards sure, sure, him for yeah. the, from the local community. Mm-hmm. So we went on. But he is,
1: he is sincerely funny. I think he's in Die Hard, isn't he? He's oh, my gosh. The, okay. He's well, the guy let me in manhole. He
0: is in uh, Spaceballs, Die Hard, uh, Hunt for Red October, uh, Gremlins 2 uh he's in the last boy scout he's an encino man last action hero jury duty uh scary movie and of course uh m v p most valuable primate uh he also hosted a TV show called rock in america um so uh but he did the burbs and that Sorry, was like rock in like rock and and then letter n
1: rock n america, america. okay
0: uh and uh yeah what did, what character did he play in that it was like so similar to his name uh yeah he changed his name on that to like Rick Rockin or some some something. <laughs> okay. uh, anyway, sure. uh, but but uh, the Burbs was supposed to be like his big breakout. Mm. Here you go, and it didn't quite happen, and he yeah. went back to doing kind of bit parts and whatnot. But uh, in uh, I
1: mean, he's 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 always going to be a character actor.
0: Yeah, but it's one of those. I guess he thought had would be it's kind one of John those when you're when you're co-starring. Yeah, when you're co-starring with Tom Hanks. Yeah, and you're in your uh. He's not on every one of the posters, but he's yeah. on some of the posters. okay. and you know, that could have been like the big sure, sure. Yeah. and and honestly, when you see the movie, the movie's got its charms mm. absolutely yeah uh, and yeah, he's a he is a, a funny fellow. what's the what's the what's the plot? I've never seen it either. What is a basic you don't just have the whole movie but it's just the basic a, plot it's a, a lot of macabre stuff is happening and murders are happening in the burbs, okay and uh, Tom Hanks just moved in. And and Tom Hanks suspects that there's uh, bad shit going down. I think Bruce Dern is in it mm-hmm. as well as kind of a survivalist nut. Corey Feldman at kind of the heart, the, the height of Corey Feldman stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there it. it gets pretty like there's slapstick but it's slapstick with consequences mm. so like when when tom hanks gets blown up in his house he comes out with serious burns <laughs> like really serious <laughs> burns
1: so is that maybe a weakness of the film is that the slapstick is a little too too macabre a little too, yeah
0: it, it is you don't want super, too much reality
1: it's very cartoony it's yeah. like
0: a wily Coy- coyote cartoon where wile has burns yeah. that he keeps for the whole
1: rest of the film. <laughs> yeah, see so that isn't that's not really what you want from
0: that kind of Yeah, and thing. I think people expect a lighter thing from Tom Hanks and it yeah. is Joe like again, it's very similar to the Gremlins yeah. where you're like, who's this for? What's this about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like it's a kids movie and then yeah. you're like, mom's like stabbing a gremlin with a knife and mm. throwing one in a blender. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to sneeze and I apologize. For this, <laughs> pardon me, and one more time. Uh, no, we're not going to sneeze. Well, that's great. Okay, but we can't sneeze anymore. All right, we're back. Um, bless, bless you. Yeah, tonally, uh, America wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of scenes in it, and Bill Hader points out one where uh, where Tom Hanks is like kind of doing this weird slide down the stairs on the back of his heels that he practiced with his friends because it was such a good comedy bit. Mm. So anyway. Uh, where this is going is, I saw a clip, you know, when I was looking up this stuff, all of a sudden, you know, YouTube suggests yes. uh, com- Comic Relief, 1992. I'm like, oh, Rick Dukeman's on Comic Relief. Now, this is uh, three years after the Burbs. Yes. Right? He's, uh, you know, in that in in that time, he was doing Encino Man, he'd done Gremlins 2, he'd done Hunt for Red October, he'd done all this stuff. I don't remember him in Gremlins 2. You know, uh, I'm trying to remember, and I... For some reason I just watched it. I can't tell you why. Mm. Because I can't tell you why. But I maybe Can't I'll tell won. you why you watched
1: it? No, I can't tell you why. Okay. It's but you true. can't but, you, but did
0: you see him in it? <sighs> okay. These are fine questions. I don't feel guilty. Yeah, he's a security guard. Yes, I did. Yes. Okay. okay. He's got quite Yes. Where okay. you think like it's going to be... Yeah, he gets hurt. It's good. <laughs> um Indeed, and I think he's in. Yeah, in Die Hard, he's the city worker, who pokes his head out of the manhole, yeah, yeah. like I can't shut all this down. Yeah, like you got to shut all this down. Yeah, all right, I will. He doesn't sound like that at all. Um, yeah, who played him? The Penguin. So, 1992, he's doing uh, stand up on uh, you know comic relief now. Sure, and this, and for those of you that are young, it was. Uh, it was a show that was a, a regular uh, annual show that raised money for uh, the unhoused uh, mm. and it was it was um, Robin Williams, Whoopi Goldberg, and Billy Crystal, who were like three of the biggest stars of the time. yeah, so you're like, oh, it's a big show and it was on HBO oh, it's a big show. Yeah. and he comes out and he's doing sound. I'm like, oh, I wonder what his stand-up was like at this point yeah because it wasn't ba- you know from back in the day where he had to like steal material. yeah it, you know, let's see where he goes. He can pay writers now, right. And uh, the first two jokes were, like, basically stolen jokes from Vancouver still. <laughs> and they were the most offensive jokes. They were just like, holy crap. Yeah. And the first, the first one, you know, I'm going to try and kind of get into it. Okay. Like the second one, I'm, I don't want to really say, but, hey, look it up yourself. 1992, Rick Dukum and Comic Relief. Um, but the first one opens up with, like, it's a crazy world. I'm like, oh, boy, that's not good. <laughs> and it's just like, did you hear about, like, Rock Hudson's ex-lover getting $20 million? Like, okay. And I'm like... It's from his estate. Yeah. Rock Hudson's estate. Yeah, and I'm like, was Rock Hudson gone by this point? He was. Yeah. Like, all right. mm, All right, that's weird. And it's like, you know, I didn't know there was that much money in you know being gay i'm like oh boy okay this ain't gonna play well in front of this crowd i'm sure <laughs> they're dying laughing yeah have an amazing time yeah you now yeah. for that amount of money i'd have sex with him now oh well he clearly is dead give me a shovel and i'm gonna go <laughs> oh my god what are we freaking doing that's your opener <laughs> for this show what charity show for this telethon show and yep, the next one the time the next one involved vaseline jars and was even more so and mm-hmm. that one, I clearly remembered being like a joke that I saw here in Vancouver mm. at a time when it was never a good time for that joke. But there was a time in history where that joke would be, yeah, this. Everyone we'll look around and go, I know, but it's 1987, right? And we're all looking around, eh? This joke, yeah, but it's 1987. What are we gonna do? And but 1992, what are you doing? What are you freaking doing? It was, uh, it was really something Just yeah. to see that, like, one. You know, both doing the homophobic jokes and two, like stolen homophobic jokes. <laughs> Holy cow, write your own fucking hate jokes, buddy. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's got to come up with your own. Or at least pay someone else to write them. I mean at that point you've got money in your pocket. Yeah. You can afford you can you can hire um
0: These are your Bruce, openers. It's just it, it stunned me on so many levels that it was just like, Well, I've got this high profile gig. One yeah. of the highest profile gigs you can have. Yeah. And I'm like, so Robin Williams, Whoopi Goldberg, and Billy Chrysler are backstage. Are they watching this going solid? <laughs> Absolutely. No one
1: questioned it then though. Oh, that's the thing. That's
0: great. That's, that's the that's thing about it. Good stuff. No one
1: that was in movies. It was you know when Eddie Murphy rode rode that way. Oh, through. Eddie Murphy,
0: hundred percent. But Eddie Murphy, you know now is like, oh yeah, sorry about that. But if you, <laughs> you can look back on uh, Robin Williams' material, you can. Yeah. I mean, of course, he does he did the a gay, little bit of. He stuff. did the gay voice, yeah. But the gay voice was always like the choreographer, yeah, or yeah. what have you. It yeah. wasn't. Aren't gay people terrible? Yeah, it was not that. You're right. Because Robin You're Williams right. is from San Francisco, sure. So nope. And Whoopi Goldberg you know very gay positive you know uh you know gay folks were a big part of her audience mm. coming up with like her one woman show yeah. uh and i can't remember you know uh and billy crystal played, played one, a one <laughs> the <laughs> first gay characters on uh, on a sitcom yeah so i'm like really like yeah, this right. was the material that you that you came and presented to the producers and went so i'm thinking of doing this okay but you're going to open with that right <laughs> oh i'm opening <laughs> with having sex with rock hudson's corpse okay for money that's fantastic Mm. because it's 1987 right no no i looked at the calendar it's 1992 huh well i guess we still can yeah that's fine yeah all right still doing that enjoy here you go and uh and there you go yeah so yeah it was just a it was just such a such a weird thing that all that was like was 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 uh was just and yeah the audience maybe they cut to the audience in a in a fake way That's right. you know They're later just on. laugh
1: laughing from a later part of the yeah, show yeah
0: that could very well be who knows i do remember uh that was something that uh my our you know uh, my other best man uh Roger yes. uh Fredericks uh, told me about like some stand up uh that he knew he knew about especially in canada where when you were doing a stand up special you uh, you always had to act like the joke went well because mm. they were going to sweeten it later. Okay. So unfortunately what that means is when you're doing your set, you look like a maniac because you tell a joke that tanks and then you look <laughs> real smug and take a long pause and like nod and look around the room, sucking in all that beautiful laughter and applause. Maybe take a little uh, little bow, a little, little bow at that and it's like nothing, crickets, boo. Thank you very much. And then yeah, when yeah. it goes on TV. That's great. Here comes here comes the applause. What a genius. It's funny,
1: I was when you were talking about how San Francisco was like you know, for Robin Williams was this big but so was Vancouver. You know, the West End was like a famous place for for for, for gay men, you know. Yep. It was famous for Davy Street and all the celebrities and all those places along there that were, you know, renowned uh, gay gay uh, gay hangout and stuff like that. And it was a favorite place for people to go from Langley and beat up gay people along Davy Street, you mm-hmm. know. And it just seems weird that yeah, there's this disconnect between the entertainment industry or one part of the entertainment industry, and then the fact that your neighbor, your neighbor down the street from where you're making these great jokes. Well, one is, of the
0: uh, one of the easiest way, things you can do in stand up is us versus them, mm. and you know your thing, your thing you want to do uh, is 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 get every you know. And Mike Birbiglia talks about this. Uh, uh, you want to get everyone in the room agreeing on one thing. Mm. And what is that one thing? Well, the one of the easiest things is we're not that, right? So it's like, you know, you 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 pull in the stereotype of just like, you know, don't you hate, you know, kids today? And it's like, well, kids <laughs> can't get into this bar. So that's a safe thing, right? We're yeah. better than those kids with whatever the and whatever the kids are liking right now, it, the new thing is wrong, right? Cuz that's replacing our thing. And there you go. And it's yeah, it would be, you know, gay people you know, but yeah, of course there's gay people in the room. Of course there's gay people inside. And this is not shit that you would say when you step outside. But for some reason, in this environment, it was uh, it was just a cheap way of like us versus theming and being on, you know, we're all on the same side, right, guys? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all agree we're men.
0: Yeah. Manly, manly men. Did I ever tell you about the, I must have talked about this because
1: it's one of my proudest moments um, in uh, counseling. Remember when we had to take counseling in school where you took the,
0: No, I don't remember this at all. Oh, okay. Well, hit me with it.
1: When you're in grade 11 or 12, I think it's grade 11, you have to go through it's like part of it's just like a course you take and it teaches you like budgeting and all that kind of stuff, you know, like so just things you ignore in class, you know, that you're taught. And then, um, but one of them we had to do with this test and we had to grade in terms of severity various crimes. Oh. So it was like shoplifting. And it went from shoplifting to what I thought was the worst thing, which was, uh, attacking a gay person mm-hmm. like assault on a gay person there's other things like selling drugs in a schoolyard and, things and like they that. specified yes the, a gay person yeah that it was huh. okay because it, it really is a it really is like throwing a, a bone to a dog right like that's going to really get get people's attention right more than just saying beating up someone right because this is going to reveal like who you are as a person like because you know the thing was it's like so we do this quiz and then the teacher's like she's not going to mark it we just have to discuss it in class so everyone's like so everyone, everyone in class agrees that the worst thing you can do is go to a schoolyard and sell drugs to kids. I was the only person that said the worst thing you could do is jump out of a truck and beat up someone with a baseball bat. That, to me, seemed like the worst thing you could do to a person. Okay. And the biggest crime, it's actually physical assault on a on a human being. The other ones, almost every other one involved personal choice, you know, shoplifting, selling drugs, things like that, you know, like, you know, you're given the op- opportunity, the option to say no or yes to these things. Walking down the street and being gay isn't an option. You're just walking down the street. You're just a person walking down the street and someone jumps out of a vehicle and...
0: And also, picks you up. maybe even not being gay, but just someone yes. who thinks you are. Yeah, that's the other yeah. thing.
1: And so, um, I mean, that was the thing that was happening at the time, though, It was in the news, was there were assaults on gay people along in, along Davie Street. It was not uncommon.
0: This seems very progressive for a school that we <laughs> went to, but continue.
1: And so... When I said that, I was so attacked by everyone else in the class. Like most of the other guys were so mad at me for saying this because to them, this gay person is less than a human. Wow. You know, like this that's like the, the worst, the least of the things on this <laughs> to them. Like to them, the worst thing is, so you're okay with selling drugs to kids in schoolyards? Well, no, I put it second. I don't think I'm, I'm not okay with it. Is just that in terms of like severity, it seems worse to me to beat someone up than it yeah. is to sell drugs to someone? Because the person you're selling drugs to can say no; they have a choice in that situation. By the
0: way, are you okay with any of the things on this list? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is it okay? Like try? that's not a. Yeah, yeah. Is this okay? You're in favor of no. Yeah, yeah. We're ranking things
1: <laughs> exactly. It was just so. It was just so weird, like how upset people. People were really upset at me for for saying this, and of course I defended myself because they're wrong. But uh, yeah, it's just a weird thing. But I mean, it really is like... How did the teacher... Uh... They didn't say, like, she didn't uh, make a value judgment, which is fine. It's not her place to, to say, no, Dave is right. But, you know, like, so... But I was right. Like, that is terrible. So I just, it's such a, it's just such a weird mindset to think that... What do that... you
0: think is the point of that test?
1: Well, I think that was it. You know, just to, I mean, just to start a discussion. This started a discussion, but and also, was it a
0: discussion or was it just a, a scold-a-thon? <laughs> well, everyone I getting don't know uh, if, yeah. on their high horse. About yeah, I
1: don't know if she. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, hopefully, people listened to that argument and and walked away with it and thought about it. Maybe they didn't think about it that way. It before. sounds like a
0: very early internet message board,
2: <laughs> and that you know, uh,
0: you're you're asked your thoughts on something. Yeah. You state your thoughts. Yeah. Everyone's mad and then goes into their own <laughs> corner. like, okay, what do we do with this now? Do yeah. we now actually discuss this? Do we have like an open discussion yeah, about this? We, discussed, what, we discussed it. Okay, that's good.
1: It's such an it's, It seemed to be such an emotional topic. I mean, I wasn't...
0: Also, by the way, what drugs? Yeah, what this specific is a, drugs. This is
1: drugs. Yeah. And it, I mean, was the,
0: a, the, it was like a... yeah.
1: Then the hypocrisy of it is that you know that, you know, pr- practically besides me in that class everyone else has done drugs or is doing drugs of some sort or is drinking or is doing things that are on this list as being things kids shouldn't do and like drinking and driving or whatever and so right. and um, you
0: know there's at least one or two kids in that uh group that are gay who are now going <laughs> i gotta shut my fucking mouth yeah i'm certainly not uh well this
1: is something i was thinking about a little while ago is went to school there there were gay there were gay like out gay kids sure and i'm sure they got it you know like i was always friendly with them i was you know like i always knew them and and was fr- and was friendly with them or friends with them acquainted with them. but i'm sure they went through all kinds of ter- terrible bullying and stuff like that
0: like, yeah there was one there was one that uh you know we were we were friends with and uh he but he also had a terminal illness that was mm-hmm. an unrelated terminal illness yeah so i think that pushed the other aspect away mm-hmm. and you know Kids are so bullies are so simple minded. They can only have one thing in their head at a time. It's yeah. just like, oh no, that's the sick kid. Yeah, that's not the gay kid. Yeah, yeah. it's a gay sick kid. Okay, fair enough, fair enough.
1: Um, but I was thinking about this, and as, he
0: lived a, a lot longer than uh, was expected. So good for good for them, though. Once again, fuck things that are take away people's lives. Yeah.
1: Uh, but I was thinking that like, I didn't know any gay girl, like any gay women in school. Like, I, there's no gay girls in school. Obviously, there were gay girls in school. we and how we did not know who they were. Like they just went through school and just stayed closeted the whole time they were there. It was well, only later were, that I learned that I learned uh, after high school that yeah. um, that I heard about them. Like we weren't friends or anything because they were girls.
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean, Blah. what what it seemed like to me at the at the time, at looking back, was girls were allowed to be affectionate with each other in a way that boys were not. Mm. So if the, so. If they were, though, uh, you know, a lot of those needs were probably being met with the relationships that they were allowed to have, even though it didn't cross over well, into maybe whatever
1: you would. You know. You're also having to hide yourself from other girls too, not just from guys. But some from girls, some girls, you
0: know? and then some not, and yeah. then some, you know. We're going to go and do this and we're going to go and do that. We're having a party. We're having a sleepover. We're having a this. We're having a that. We're having a hot tub party. We're having a thing. Whereas, you know, if you're a guy, you were not allowed to have, you know, hey, guys, let's all have a sleepover Mm. and let's all tell stories and let's all get under the same blanket and let's all, da da da. You, You weren't allowed to do that. That was not cool. But as a girl, there were things you were allowed to do that were allowed. And uh you know maybe maybe that uh, led to that and led to that in fact there was a surprising amount of girls that later on we found out were Yes
1: yeah, but that was after school like that was when they were though I'm sure out if you, from under the I I'm, iron
0: sure, if you asked, I'm sure if you asked them though you know so what was your first kiss what was your first this what was your first that it probably there would have been something that happened at you know, a camp or a sleepover or sure. this. I'm just or saying that they weren't
1: out though. I mean, to you, it, yeah, yeah. They I mean, There's out. no reason to they be out, out to out any to of you. us. They were out to any of us. They weren't generally. Yeah, no one because, in the because the we're all big population. mouths. We
0: yap about it because we're. <laughs> I just mean we're bored kids that so will we would spill the beans. Yeah, but like I said, we're say, talking about it on a podcast there in were, 2023.
1: There were there were out boys. There were boys that were yeah no a lot of times gay.
0: though the the boys were kind of dragged out like that wasn't there wasn't yeah. like an option for them to you be know.
1: some were some were more more audacious than others but mm-hmm. and I'm sure there were some who were could pass as you know pass as masculine i'm putting that in quotation marks pass as masculine uh who never never came out of the closet in high school oh sure sure been too and awful.
0: some that never at all and <laughs> uh things went not great with that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so but it's uh, just
1: it's interesting to me. It's just a difference in, because um, I guess there were like sort of gay icons of some of some sort. But it was just I don't know what women had as an icon of, of you know of that time in the '80s. Who was the gay icon for women? You know, I there was mean, really no one. You had who your out. Billie
0: Jean Kings and whatnot, but but so I don't know, know if sports. she was out then. I don't know if oh, she was even out. boy, I don't know. If, uh,
1: I don't think Martina Navratilova was out at that time. I don't think any of them who were were outspoken you could when suspect. Did, uh,
0: when did katie lang uh kind of uh come out
1: that would have been ni- the 90s okay and that's the thing like it's one thing for katie lang to come out but if you're like uh you know cause she's a masculine
0: well i mean yeah the, for, for guys who had your who was the equivalent of like a david bowie in like in the music industry who would be you know who'd be out there must have been some some female performers that were out
2: not
1: that i can think of off the top of my head
0: really okay
1: because David Bowie wasn't really out either.
0: Yes, he was. He like you know said that he was um, he was bisexual like in mm. in the seventies like, in like an interview and there was yeah you know, well, a lot he, of, he and did so, and some and then some
1: he, th- he stepped it back a bit same could, way that Elton could've. John did yeah, as well
0: stepped it back you know uh, that's but, why that's
1: why Elton John married a woman in the seventies as well because retro- how are they doing
0: now is that working out.
1: Didn't, what, did it last, like, a couple of years? A he's year? still standing. <laughs> he's, he's still standing.
0: I hear better than he ever did.
1: She is not so happy about the whole thing. And the
0: interesting thing is, once he gave up women, yeah, his hair grew back. So it's there's true. a tip for That's the fellas t- out there. <laughs> it's like, if you're like, hey, why am I bald? Maybe yeah. you're with the wrong sex.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah, just he saying, found out.
0: Elton John, he once found again, out, I, I want a divorce, full head of hair. Found Almost out, like in a week. Found out there's hell to pay. There you are. Uh, but yeah. Once just, again, this is stuff that, you know, if we took 10 minutes and researched we would probably go like sure. oh yeah there was a lot of ultimately.
1: like um, um Joan Jett is is gay but she would never come out in the you know in the 80s like that would have like no one would that would be career suicide so yeah you just keep it keep it to yourself mm-hmm. you have close close personal friends your manager those sort of things
0: let's see i got uh i'm i'm oh that's... I got ten LGBTQ performers in the in uh, in the seventies. That does not help me at all. <laughs> uh, uh, John Waters. There we go. John Waters. Oh yeah, he was totally out. Boom. But I mean, okay, thank you.
1: Divine, sure. But there, it's there.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a side situation.
1: <laughs> those are outsiders who are who are more than more than willing to uh, take the take the the hits that society wants. Yeah,
0: to if give you them. listen. Again, we're two fellas uh, trying to stretch our memories back to the 70s, <laughs> you know, and uh, and and failing, failing. Yeah. I, I was wondering, though, you, because you're such a music expert, you know, uh, I not, think of it. i too
1: carried away, but... Well, I think you are. I mean, there were gay people. It's just that they did not... Of course not, there were, yeah. They didn't talk a, about a it because, time. It, you know, it's just so... It's just such a career. Or suicide. they
0: didn't talk in the media that we saw, but they... They they presented themselves places that we from where we were in the yeah. suburbs in Canada sure. were not getting you know in the province and Vancouver Sun newspapers or on uh, you well, know BCTV news. I remember when I heard, when I first heard
1: that John Long John Baldry was gay and he was a British performer who had moved to Vancouver and performed regularly here. I rode many a bus with him. My reaction was he is because he was. This seemed like a guy, you know, like right. you're surprised, but he didn't, and he didn't hide it either. He didn't hide it either, but he didn't advertise it. You know, he was sort of like, if you were interested, you'll know. If you're not, then it doesn't matter. You know, he didn't go around uh, advertising it, but but he didn't go around hiding it either.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think when it comes to like stand up and whatnot, was you weren't allowed to talk about these things, and so you know when you were allowed to, it went. Too, you know, too far in in the direction of you know, uh, I would say hate because if you if you cornered someone on that, you know, they, they'd probably go, oh, I'm not, I don't have hateful feelings for this. It's like no, but you're uh, dehumanizing. Let's go with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that probably is, uh, which is which is hateful. There's an <laughs> argument to be made, <laughs> but it's it's really theming the other the other group sure, sure. and just like they're not us, right? So let's all have some fun. Yeah, and uh, they are you are. Let's make
1: fun of them. During the worst crisis in the history, <laughs> yeah. of the, the, that particular uh, culture,
0: yeah. This is yeah. this is one of those things where you really want like a Cliff Nester off or something who who mm. knows everything. I'm listening uh, to his uh, new book, The Outrageous, you know, about uh, cancel culture through history. Sure, and boy, howdy, I'm like, uh, I'm right now just before World War II, and uh, oof. You know, so much stuff that I didn't know yeah. about how, you know, it wasn't legally allowed to criticize the government. Like in America, mm. you couldn't. Yeah, Uh, And how, you know, so much of uh, America was like pro-Hitler to the point where NBC had a special of like one of his rallies. And, yeah. and they got really great reviews and great numbers. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. And the people who Good would like talk about, you know, bad things are happening to the Jews like Eddie Cantor you know, would uh, get his family threatened and, mm-hmm. you know, his house, you know, smashed up and yeah. uh, people would lose their damn minds. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so weird. You, you you cast this like thoughts back on like, oh, here's what it was like. And it's like, no, no, it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> people were always on the wrong side of this kind of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: of course. Yeah. i was just thinking when you're talking about uh, Cliff Nesteroff, I was just thinking about in terms of like comedy, when, when Ellen came out in the mid 90s, what a disaster that was for her! Like you know, just you know, show got canceled. Her career got really de- derailed for a long time. Yeah, you know, like and that's in the nineties. Like you, you can imagine if someone had done it in the eighties. People, a crazy... yeah, Laura
0: Laura Dern. She she got blowback from that. And didn't work for quite a while because she was in. One of the Ellen episodes. Okay. Yeah, it was like a whole vortex of like that kind of
1: stuff. Oh, I wonder if other people like there's that Ari. I can't remember his name now, but Ari Gross was his name. He played, her, he played her her boyfriend on the show. Okay. And he kind of got written out in the second season, which I thought was a mistake. Actually, I kind of thought like I kind of felt like they should have kept the show the way it was before she came out even though the show was like presenting her in like a hetero yeah. situation, it's kind of like, but, but she's an actress. So she's just playing a hetero character in a, in a sitcom. Why rejig the whole show and, and, and then, and then create even more problems. Cause now you've taken a show that was doing pretty well and you've gotten rid of characters that people liked and you've made, you know, just made all these big changes for no real reason other than that she came out. Just like, you know, like just because someone comes out, doesn't mean like, well, I guess you can't play any more heterosexual characters anymore in movies. You can only be a gay character and that's not how it works. Like, you know, no wonder if that's the rules then why would you come out? You'd stay in the closet. Like you're an it actor is odd when, or you, an actress. when you
0: play a character with your own name yeah. in the show though. Like who has your style? I guess. You know. I guess. The uh yeah, I when uh people were kind of coming after Ellen recently you know saying she's mean on set she's mean <laughs> and it's like jeez have you ever read a story about johnny carson but okay fine <laughs> letterman was nuts and got like his writers to punch him after shows that he didn't yeah yeah and, you know there's a lot of hmm and i didn't hear a lot of heat about that uh, but it was like when they different time obviously when people yeah. were kind of trying to cancel her and i don't believe there's a lot of real cancel culture but that was one thing where they were kind of coming after her hard i my thought was she's been canceled once she's got like a credit in the bank <laughs> like and shouldn't have been canceled for that no, So like you no, get to do one thing you get to come out and tell the worst joke possible that's offensive that makes the whole audience like faint yeah. that's fine and you know we go like you know what credit in the bank I'm like yeah you're right okay fine that's your one that's your one uh, gimme now mm. now move it on here you go
1: mm. Yeah, I mean, I we've talked about it before. I have. I just think that I just think the people who are complaining about it have just were just not used to working in the high pressure situations where you know you have you have a lot of things you have to do in a day. You know, you have to do it over and over again in a week, and you have to do it over and over and over again. In and you're a month.
0: responsible for all the look. <laughs> you know, it's not excusing like you know Johnny Carson from doing all the things he's done, but. Uh, you know, it seems like you cut those guys a lot more slack. That we had like a Jimmy Fallon kind of thing recently. Yeah. Uh and that came and, it and felt, went.
1: It felt this like but it felt like it came from the same place. Yeah, but it the came the same place. It
0: came, it went, yeah, and it was like, all right, he, he apologized. He said we're gonna try to make things better. All yeah, right, that's fine. mm mm-hmm. All right. Now, what else? Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, I'm all for, you know, spilling the beans on if, if you've got like a bad work environment. That's totally fine. Please do. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully give a person a chance to get better. And then, uh, you know, if it keeps getting worse, then, yeah. you know, they deal with that. And, uh, you know, their, their reputation will kind of ruin itself and be a pain in the ass. And there'll be other people they're more pleasant to work with. And people will work with those people. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's uh, Ellen's appearance on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee is interesting to me because she is so not very funny in it and seems very bitter. Oh, okay. And you're kind of, I don't remember that one. And you're kind of, And watching it, you're, you know, in retrospect, look, you know, when you think about it, and that's just my expression of it. Maybe if I watched it now, I'd be like, oh, actually, she's being quite funny. But I just remember watching it and just like, oh, she seems really angry. And that's really strange because she doesn't seem that way to me as a person. And. Maybe it was the show was getting to her, you know, like maybe that's why she eventually said, you know what, enough of this. It's affecting me. It's affecting.
0: Me. And maybe she was just being honest in the, like, you know, when she's around another comedian, she feels she can like talk. Yeah, for yeah. real, talk. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's not like, you know, uh, I don't think Seinfeld's feelings can get hurt and he can <laughs> never be shocked. <laughs> you know, he's this infinite sounding board. And so, yeah, she just maybe told too much truth mm. in, in that or let her let real feelings out. Yeah. I mean, you look uh, again at how people are treated. You know, she was dating Ann Hesh and everyone made fun of that like brutally, brutally, yeah, brutally, yeah. brutally. Yeah. And, you know, Seinfeld, you know, dated someone who was like, you know, a teenager. And people were like, oh, you, you rascal. <laughs> That's the thing. And, you know, <laughs> Now you're, you know, he's he's America's sweetheart and you know, America's favorite sitcom star. And yeah, no problem with that at all. Well, he was maybe doing that while hunt. he was America's
1: yeah sitcom star. He was dating. Her, her name was Shoshana.
0: Yeah. You almost, you almost feel bad saying her name because you're like, well, she was underage at the time, so maybe we shouldn't say her name. And maybe you shouldn't be going out with her. I don't think she was underage, but yeah, she was young. Okay. She was age of
1: majority, but yeah.
0: What, what's that mean? Sorry about that. What's the what's the phrase?
1: Age majority, when you can... Uh, you can give uh, a cent to have sex with someone.
0: Okay. I'm looking.
1: Looking at the American? It's by it's state by state. No, by I'm just, I'm just in, looking. Uh, at, oh, okay.
0: She was 17 when they dated. Yeah,
1: so she would have been age of majority. I think it's 16. Depends on the states. Yeah. Different states have different age of majorities.
0: Right. He was 38. She was 17. Yeah, it's not great. It's really not.
1: But it's not illegal. Okay. That's yeah. that's fine. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't breaking any laws. He might have offended people's sensibilities. but Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And okay, but no, you as a human being. Yeah. Okay. So you know you got a, th- a thirty-eight. You know I don't want to say it as in like you know your seventeen-year-old daughter, not your real daughters, <laughs> but like you have a <laughs> let's say you have a seventeen-year-old daughter. Okay. You know what seventeen-year-old girls are like. Yeah. Right. You know what they're like around the house. You know there's you know what they're like around the breakfast table. Yeah. No, you
1: know? I I wouldn't like it.
0: You, yeah, and then all of a sudden uh, there's a knock at the door, yeah. and it's their uh, 38 year old. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. When your when your daughter uh, was 17, how old would you have been?
1: She was 17. How old was I? Which yeah. daughter? Mary. Oh, well, it doesn't
0: matter either. Let's let's go with like your first daughter.
1: Uh, I would have been 46.
0: 46. Okay. I so think? you're 46. Yeah. And a 38 year old guy. Maybe 45. Should. Forty-five. You're forty-five. Yeah. And a thirty-eight-year-old guy shows up <laughs> at the door. To don't think up. I would be happy about this. No. Right. Sense. Also, by the way, but, they're um they're like a millionaire. Yeah. And they show up, and uh, there you go. Uh, like, okay, well, and then you say, I guess it's legal. But you Shug say that. Your shoulders. You say that, and then I do say that.
1: I, gee, I mean, I don't want to bring it up. Okay. We can talk about it later. All right. <laughs> yeah.
0: But again, like I had a uh, uh, an eighteen-year-old. Uh, that I knew when I was 18 Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And, uh, she was going out with, and I brought this up, uh, a 32 year old. Yeah. And, uh. Seems weird. That 32 year old is the oldest person I've ever met in my life. To this day, (laughs) I'm in my mid fifties. And I think of that 32 year old as the oldest person in the world. Yeah. It's just like, no, you, you should be playing bridge with my folks. Like you shouldn't be going out with my friend. And, you know,
1: part part of that is the generational difference, too. Like, uh, you are like, I remember one time Lisa and I were, I'm, once again, I feel like I've told every story I have in my life. But anyway, one time Lisa and I were on the SkyTrain. This is a long time ago. We were just, just started going out together. Maybe we'd been together for a few months. And we we're on the SkyTrain, coming back from, back going into Vancouver. And there was this couple sitting across from us. And so we, to describe us, we are both kind of like, I don't want to say you know, we're kind of like new wave or whatever, you know, we're like we're dressed in our black clothes with, I had my Winkle Picker boots on, you know, with the pointy toes and the okay. Cuban heels and Lisa's in a, in a nice dress with, with, with heels and she had very short hair then. And my hair was done, you know, and so we're of our time, you know, of our time.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And there's a couple sitting across from us.
0: You're holding up a calendar that's of that year, and just going, "See, (laughs) this all makes sense. This is the '80s. (laughs) Look at this." (laughs)
1: So then, across (laughs) from us is this other couple. Sure, a man and a woman, and and the man is, you know, has longish hair, you know, respectably long hair. So, like, I work at a business, long hair. And a mustache. Okay. And the woman had kind of feathered hair. Yeah,
0: business in the front, business
1: in the (laughs) back. right. The woman had feathered hair, you know, and they were dressed in in their, and she had, you know, and they're just dressed in a certain way. And they were different than us. They were from a different time than we were. We're from now, and they're from then, you know. Even though they probably were like three years older than us, four years older than like not that much older than us. But they were just old enough that they were from a different time, like different way of dressing, a different way of whatever. And the best part of the story, though, is that they, we, uh, for whatever reason, <clears throat> we talked with them a little bit. And then they invited them. They invited us to their place to, to, uh, for their hot tub, use their hot tub. And Lisa said no. And I have regretted it. Every, no, I'm just <laughs> I'm not regretting, it, not regretting it at all. But it's just so it's such a funny thing. I always think about it. The fact that uh, this couple were just, were just talking to them. And they're just kind of like, hey, you want to come back to our place and use our hot tub? No, because nothing good. What's going to come of that? That doesn't sound like why why we're not under bathing suits what are we gonna do like this seems crazy
0: here's here's what bothers me about okay obviously i think the power differential between someone who is a 30 uh, whatever mm-hmm. year old uh millionaire and uh at the time 38 38 year old millionaire yeah and a 17 year old i want to say girl she was a high school student She's in high school. Crazy. She's in high school. She can't leave high school. She can't leave the school without permission. <laughs> She's got to get a fucking note, probably from her parents, to leave high school yeah. in the middle of the day. Uh, but she can, you know, uh, date this guy who's uh, 30, uh, 38. Mm. Uh, but here's what it, it feels like to me, just on a. So there's obviously the normal reasons that you would go, Ugh. yeah. But the but the reason that I I look at it as well, I'm going to throw this one on top of the pile. It's not the top of the pile. It's not it's not beating up someone. Uh, it's uh, it's a lazy. It's lazy. It's like you're you're dating someone who is like a teenager mm. because then you don't have someone with all the baggage yep. and all these experiences who's going to call you on it's like, shit. It's
1: like you're taking a break from uh, your, your life. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. I don't from...
0: want to date. I don't want to date an adult. I want yeah. to. I want to rewind this to a simpler mm. time. To someone with simpler needs. Yeah. Who's, who's, you know, really scared about her history exam. <laughs> I think, yeah. That's and a, has her that's a good gym point. gear with her. Yeah. What, did she go to the gym? No, gym class. Yeah. You know, uh, with her. Ridiculous.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a, an, a, it's a, it's kind of a bound to fail relationship at that age. If someone What's was like. La-
0: it's so, what, it's if lazy. The, she was and, like and,
1: 10 years older. And even
0: more, it's selfish. It's selfish mm. because, you know. What's what's next for her? Because yeah. you guys are going to break up, and yeah. then what the fuck? She's going to start
1: ha- a company that does makes underwear.
0: Sure, fine with the fame that you've yeah gi- you've given her, but like you've taken away the natural kind of progression and evolution of her life, where mm. she's seventeen and now she's going to graduate. Now yeah. she's going to move on to these other things. Yeah, and instead you you're the genie that stepped into her fucking life. Yeah, you know who's like one of the most famous people in the world, and you've changed her pers- perspective and changed all the settings on her life. And, uh, again, it just feels, like, so goddamn selfish and so lazy on your part. Uh, Boo. Boo, I say. (laughs) It's one of these things, like, you know, we had this discussion about, like, a a cartoonist uh, who, you know, uh, wrote a book about things, and, you know, you you go, like, oh, well, I guess, you know... uh, Being very vague. What's that? Being very vague. I'm being very vague. It's Chester Brown. Okay. And so... (laughs) You know, yeah. writes a, a book about, you know, um, seeing sex workers. Yes. And, you know, you, you go, yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, I guess, you know, that's there's nothing wrong with, like, sex workers. That's right. And then this book, you know, he had, they don't have faces. Mm. Yeah, but he says it's because, you know, uh, you know you can't give them their full stories, so, you know, it's not fair. Yeah, this is right. And then, like, all these other things go along, and at some point, you just as a human being just want to go, Okay, I know logically there is a response to every one of these fucking things, but at a certain point you just want to just go, yeah, but ew, knock it off, stop it, just fucking stop it. As a human being... Come on, all that stuff aside, you're right, you could you logic your fucking way through all of this stuff, but you know, as a human goddamn being with a soul in your goddamn body, I know you don't believe in a soul, but if you believed in a soul just g, g-, g- be a person, be a human goddamn person, and you know ugh, that there's a certain point you just want to throw your head, yeah, oh. anyway, I hope the movie works out. <laughs> they're
1: doing about it <laughs> the movie they're going to do which i guess we'll show the faces at the very Boy, least. imagine if they didn't that'd be really creepy
0: if it was all back of the heads yeah or just when you
1: saw the face it was just erased digitally
0: yeah that could be i mean it's a creepy it's a creepy move that it's might creepy. uh
1: it's dehumanizing
0: why why is it dehumanizing in a in a it's both live the de- action bo- dehumanizing in both. both yeah yeah
1: yeah i'm not a fan of that book
0: yeah, to to me my problem with it was because I'm a, you're already the author of the it. Mud. So you already have the power of you're the narrator. Yeah. You're the one telling the story. Mm-hmm. And now we're like taking away that as well. Yeah. And like, oh boy. That's uh that's uh everything's so uneven. And again, that's my problem with the Seinfeld situation too, with that. Is like it's so uneven. When there's that kind of power balance that's sure. like off, you know, technically you're right, it's it's legal, but oof, you gotta you gotta you gotta get a social sense of responsibility as well. And again, I got no problem with sex workers. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. I don't know if but it's the fine, pres- but it's but the it's presentation a thing. it's it's something that's always been Yeah.
1: It's you always know? been and I mean, I'm sure that there are sex workers who do great. It's kind of like real estate. You got your top earners, and then you have everyone else. But the difference between real estate and sex workers is that if you're doing great as a sex worker, that's great. But if you're doing bad as a sex worker, that's really bad. That's not real estate yeah. bad. It's sex worker bad, and yeah. that's really, really, really bad. But the so but I just feel like, like
0: you could either you could also you know work as like someone who's. You know, you go like, "Oh, this is uh, gross." And like, "All right, there's, there's, you could be, you could be right about that." But then, you know, you also then or work as a maid, which a lot of people I know have done, Mm. and you're ended up like, you know, cleaning up the shit of Mm. someone for a lot less money uh, with a lot more time, you know, spent, spent doing this. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's that. You know, there's a lot of gross jobs. Sure. You know, and I, I know there's the because we we treat sex differently than we do other you know labor or other things you know we put this you know uh you raised it up uh to to a degree and uh, and look down on people who who do this uh we're a bit of a mess but you know again the logical thing is like if you could i don't know. but i don't I know I know people who are sex workers, and it's like, yep. And I know people who are who have worked as, as you know uh, in in other like jobs. Uh, I won't say other degrading jobs because I don't necessarily think sex work is degrading, uh, but uh, but jobs that are degrading. And like, I would have a hard time arguing that that what they had to do is worse than the uh, the other folks.
1: It all depends. Mm-hmm. Because being a maid also like any other job in the world it's just, it just has there's some people like it and do fine and other people don't like it so
0: right. and the things that you know again, but just it's, tough, it's, it's tough to combine it's tough to compare that again Like something yeah. like nursing mm. the amount of things that nurses have to do yeah. like in in a day with like body fluids and what have you it's just like oh Jesus, you know and the amount that they get paid in comparison to yeah it's a it's a, it's a tough one and, and not probably my place to to, to say. But, uh, yeah, when you when uh, when you when you take away sex workers' faces, whew, I, I don't think that's a good way of... I get the reason, but...
1: Well, there's no reason. You're drawing pictures of people. They're not, no one's going to go, oh, that's Susie. No one's going to look at a picture that Jesse Brown draws and goes, oh, I know that person. It doesn't matter if you draw a face. Like, it just, doesn't matter. Don't use their actual name and don't use their actual face, but at least draw a face. At least put a face to the, the person in the story mm-hmm. to at least humanize them. So they're not... We're not just... Because the problem with... What Chester Brown is writing is not it's not a novel. It's it's a polemic. It's something he's trying to convince you that sex worker sex work or paying for it is better than than not paying for it. Paying for it is better is a better system than romantic love and all the entanglement that involves. Once
0: again, it's my it's my Seinfeld problem in that I feel that it's lazy. And I don't (laughs) think anyone has an obligation to go into a relationship, you know, and no one has an obligation. And like, there was once upon a time that I was at a place where I just went, well, I'm done with relationships. I really did feel that. I'm done with love. I've I've tried it. Still feels that way. Didn't work. What? (laughs) Happy anniversary, everyone. Um... (laughs) you know but it it does it does you know uh, a little bit feel just like you you want to like put the cheat codes in mm. and like skip skip a couple of levels just to the things <laughs> that you want just the things you want yeah, yeah, yeah you want to have god mode Yeah, you know and and now you're you're playing the game on that level and it's like well, yeah it's it's... and it's fun at first yeah. but is it satisfying or is it kind of empty
1: yeah well i mean the idea that's it though i mean to him that's what he's saying a relationship is basically a lot of work in order to have sex with someone. So I just want to skip all that hard work to get to sex by just paying for the sex. Right. And then, and, I-
0: and listen, hypocrite's corner here. Where, you know, there's pornography online that, you know, you look at and like, you are paying for sex. You're paying, you know, someone's getting paid Mm. to to have sex for your pleasure that you are then pleasuring yourself to, you know, so, you know, you're right. You're not in the room at the time, but you're the reason this stuff is going down. Sure. You're part of the system. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, that there, there's that. So like, you know, again, the high horse is very (laughs) short (laughs) and you can step over it easily.
1: Sure, sure, and yes. then there's lots of abuse in that industry as well. And so you get to also bear the the uh, the guilt or the, the guilty feelings for taking part mm-hmm. of that as well. But you know, the thing is, is that when you know you're not writing a book called Wanking for It and just talking about how this is a preferred relationship with that people. That
0: was a, that was his his good friend, sadly <laughs> passed away recently. But that's that was yeah, that's right. That's weird. There, now that you've mentioned it, that is. This that that is the side. Yeah, that's another side to it, isn't it? Yeah, those books go together quite well. <laughs> Spent and, shit. Uh, I never even thought of that, but mm. you're correct. And so, but then again, uh, the one person then had to stop doing the book. Mm. Uh, I guess they were tired. They're just tired. <laughs> tired of it. All. Take a little nap.
1: <laughs> but I don't think that Seth or not Seth. Sorry, I don't think that Joe Matt was arguing uh, as a po- that his experiences were a positive thing. I think he was just giving you like. The, the yeah. nuts and bolts of his daily dreary life, right? As a, as, as a, it became more obsessive, as a porn as a, addict, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It, it was actually it was just a good breakdown of an addict. Mm-hmm you know of just like and now i got to like get the 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 stronger fix and the stronger fix and this is in the way yeah. and i've got to cut this down to its most pure form more 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 satisfaction more satisfaction yeah, and it yeah. keeps growing and growing and there's yeah. never a point where you go that's enough and i'm good even <laughs> yeah, though the yeah. title is called spent yeah uh, it's you're never spent mm-hmm. you know you the, the need will be there uh constantly yeah and and more so
1: but he, you know so you can see like the result of his Addiction in in the story. It's one whereas, of the
0: most anti-porn books you could you could like ever <laughs> yeah, it give someone. Makes it really gross. Yeah, makes it super gross. Yeah,
1: and but where is realistic? Whereas Chester Brown, and I, you know, we know Chester, and I do like him as a person. But so
0: we've met we've met Joe Matt, we're very sad uh, that he passed away.
1: Yes, uh, but it, you know, it's blessed release for his penis. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: I am just glad that Rick <laughs> Dukeman isn't around <laughs> to steal that. <laughs>
1: So um but Chester is arguing, you know, he's making a case for I mean and he runs uh he runs regularly runs uh for mayor in Toronto or he had in the past regularly yes. run for mayor in Toronto on a libertarian ticket. And so part of You don't
0: even have to say, you know, what party is just
1: like <laughs> So what guess. party is uh you let run for?
0: Yeah, we know. <laughs> let just being a, be a goof. <laughs> the conservatives <laughs> the green party so yeah no not exactly
1: no he wants a world without without roads um so he uh yeah so his story his book is about you know this is the preferred relationship with people which you know as someone who has been in a long-term relationship with someone they loves very much to me that just sounds like a nightmare because what's great about your life with someone that you whether it's your your sex life or whatever what's great about being with someone that you know and love for so long is that you're perfectly in sync with one another and you know you know what each other wants and needs and how to make it fun you know and it's not just loving and fun it's you know it's and i just don't see how that could exist in a situation where you're paying for it because even if even if there is a sense of camaraderie or some sort of like Amic, you know, amical relationship between each person. There's no love there. It's just a, it's just a purchase and a, and a, you know, you know what I mean. It's just a transaction between well, two people. Be, I
0: mean, he, he does claim like with with one of the people he was, and he became in a monogamous. Yeah, relationship. he
1: became a big hypocrite and well, became he he basically is paying. The thing about
0: life is it makes you a hypocrite.
1: <laughs> he's
2: paying, and if you're not a hi- a monogamous relationship yeah, with, if this you're person. not a
0: hypocrite about things in the past and you're not yeah. growing, it's yeah. just like. Oh, look at this baby walking now! I thought you sure. were pro crawling hypocrite. Yeah. Hey, Mister Pro Crawl <laughs> is now all Johnny Walk Walk. No, and no. Like, what's that no about? No baby wants oh, to crawl. Someone doesn't like breastfeeding anymore. Y- you don't need no babies. Someone's weaned. I guess you're a hypocrite about that whole pro breastfeeding thing you were part of, like and so on and so. I don't. There. Well, babies. You can't, are anti Babies care, an- and advocating. now after twelve, you're pro. <laughs> what's this all about?
1: No, I, I think that's different than things you can't control or, or are yeah. just part of a life. So. I I do feel stages. like hypocrisy
0: is part of growth, though. Like, for you, sure, you will be against the. Yeah, at some things point you're you going to change your to mind. Point, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I was once against gay marriage, so I, I don't. That's not a for as yourself a, as a teenager. Yes, that's right. I said no, no, it doesn't work for me. After all the proposals I got as a teenage boy, um, no, from thirty-eight year old men. Yeah, I seventeen. David Bowie. It just felt, <laughs> it felt wrong. David Bowie. That's right. I probably would have married him. Um
0: yeah, you could do worse.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I don't know. Anyway, I can't remember what I was going to talk about because we went off on a tangent.
0: As we did, yeah, we did. And by the way, this is one of those. Uh, I, I kind of like these conversations. It's funny, by the way, sometimes when people say this kind of shit, they're liars, uh, <laughs> or it's just like, okay, I'm well, really glad. I am really glad this. to. I'm really glad to talk about this sure, thing. Sure. It's. I'm really glad you brought that up. Is usually <laughs> the start of like the biggest fucking lie. It's just like, nope, don't feel comfortable with this at all. Sure, but I think these stammery stuttery conversations where you're like is that the right thing to say are very important ones to have right. you know and it's okay then later on to just go and i was full of shit and that and that was dumb mm-hmm. you know
1: oh well, yeah cuz i think the need to be you're re- thinking through things right the need you know, to be right
0: it. in a discussion you know is overrated
1: the need I, to be right
0: yeah the need to be correct i don't like, i don't know I if I it's overrated but i think
1: the need to
0: Hmm. before you say anything i think like you can say how you feel and how you feel is not necessarily what is right and or it's not yeah what you will always feel yeah no you know you're not locked into things as you're right i've had like dumb thoughts too yeah and i've had dumb positions and i and before i met my wife uh i i, I had very little empathy i did a i did a post recently where i where I said. Uh, you know, if we knew each other in the uh, '90s, uh, sorry about that, uh, because yeah, I was not a, a good person in the '90s. I look back and go like, my perspective was very different, and it was like of survival and moving forward. Yeah. and you're a thinking, young person. Like, <laughs> so what what's that? that?
1: You're a young person. That's natural. i oh, was the young
0: person. Yeah, if I can, if I can succeed, if I can mm. get the things you know that I that I that I need, then I'll I'll be a better person, and I'll be mm. able to help those around me. But I've got to come first. Yeah. I've got to be first. And, you know, I, I, and, and unfortunately, to some degree, that was true. The things I did that were selfish actually did make things better. And sometimes when I would do things that weren't selfish, pff, it went real shit, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, That's,
1: yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I knew you then and I thought you were a perfectly great fellow. So it's not weird. I mean, it's
2: very weird. You know, and in
1: some ways, I was. Envious of your ambition because I was not I was not a person like that I was not willing to to go to the the nth degree to try to you know I didn't have your competitive. You did a
0: lot of things for someone who was not ambitious. I yeah. You did a lot of like you know putting things together and assembling things and doing radio shows and like you know you did a lot for someone who you know I know I'm not saying claims because I believe you believe that (laughs) but I think if you compare yourself to someone you know look just pick a pick a random person from your high school that was your age and think like what they've done and think what you've done and mm. then go, you're the non ambitious one. Disagree. Okay. Right.
2: I just feel like, in, and you did that all while raising two
0: kids yeah, who didn't, uh, you know, go out with Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. All
2: those millions. you, you lost know. Uh,
0: Chris Rock's old bit was, you know, like the main thing he's got to do is keep his daughter off the pole and just like, <laughs> You know, I think it's also keep your daughter off the Seinfeld. You know, and <laughs> if you succeeded in that, yeah, then you're uh, fine. Yeah, who knows? We're just going for coffee in my car. <laughs> Are you? No,
1: no, it's it's gross. Okay, yeah, we can all. I mean, we all knew girls. I mean, I knew a girl in jun- junior high school who went out with a guy in his twenties, and it seemed totally gross to me at the time, and I didn't understand it. <laughs> Looking back at it now, I can understand that. She probably saw him as someone who could give her things that she wanted that no guy in high school could ever give her. If nothing else. He had a job. He had a car. Security. He had a, he had a, he could, they could go out to restaurants and you yeah. could pay for things. You've been
0: coming off of. didn't this, you have to
1: ride on the bus with a guy like me.
0: The bus is pretty fun. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're coming out of like, you know, you were a child seconds ago. Like seconds ago and you know the you had all your decisions made for you by adults mm-hmm. and there was a comfort in that yeah. and then all of a sudden you're in this period where it's like you got to make your own decisions mm-hmm. oh shit but you don't have any power yeah. and you don't have any money yeah and you don't have any ability to do the things but you're still responsible now for all this stuff and by the way your future is like oh ah, you better you better figure out what we're going to do for your future what? and to have someone who's older come in and go hey listen what we're doing tonight is we're going to this fancy restaurant. Yeah. We're gonna do this, 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 and this, and this, and it's like, oh, second, <laughs> second parents. This is uh, it's very comforting because this is all they've known. Sure,
1: it's, right? It's you're
0: you putting them yeah. you're putting them right back in that comfort zone, sure. and uh, you know, and to that person who's the older person, I miss my past. I miss the simplicity mm. of just like people that didn't have like so much to say and know so much and so much baggage. I'm like, oh, there we go. This all works out. So yes, technically, there's reasons. But, uh, for one, it's stopping their progression, and for another, it's leading to regression. Yeah. You know, and both aren't healthy, mm. and uh, so, you know, knock it off. Yeah. Stop it. Well, Stop it. That's she did, she did eventually. Good. Good for them. Knocking it off. <laughs> yeah, there's always that one uh, person who's dating someone who's in college, and you're mm. like, oof. <laughs> like, okay, fine. Well... I mean, I was, I if was, you look around the guys in high school. I was going out with someone who was, was 17, and I felt weird about it. 19
1: going out with 17? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But if you were th- 30 going out with someone who was 28, would you feel weird about it?
0: Yeah, but I didn't have that perspective. But you know
1: what I mean? Like, it, it's one of those things. Because, I mean, like when I met.
0: That's very different. When I met Lisa. If you were 99 going out with someone 97, how do you feel? Well, it's fair. It's just different.
1: When I started going out with Lisa, she was three years older than me. She still is three years older than me. But right.
0: And my wife is five years younger than me, which at certain points in history would have been very bad. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. When Lisa says things like, oh, I wish I knew you in grade eight. She's like, no, you no, don't. You don't. <laughs> <'Cause> no, you <laughs> don't. No, you don't. Grade five. That would have been a hell of a creep. <laughs> grade five. What would you want to know me for? Talk to you all about Star Wars. She saw
0: it. She didn't like it. Boy, yeah. There's a lot of people who uh, I've met recently who have been similar and who also have only seen Star Wars and that's it and never saw Empire Strikes back how <laughs> like it was out so long didn't like it fair i know but like what else were you doing another thing so much. like what when did that come out like 1981 1980 1980 yeah. okay 1980 what else were you doing or
1: 79 no it would have been 79 80 cuz i was a right. grade 8 when it came out
0: okay now i got to look that up. Because
1: um, the third one came out when I was in grade 12. So it seemed, to, it seemed there was four years between these rounds. So maybe 80, 80, no, 1980, I'm pretty sure.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I, I'm just looking at like, okay. So 19, So 1980, uh, and uh, here are the best movies from that. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So, you know, I guess you could have seen Airplane. That's good. That's mm-hmm. a nice movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pixote. Do you know that film? P-I-X-O-T-E? No. It's a Brazilian film. Okay. But apparently, it was fairly popular. Oh. Uh, the long oh, this, these are the best artistic films. Boom! <laughs> Stop it.
1: I was gonna say, this is not this is not theater fair that I remember. Yeah,
0: but. Pixar's gross. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's absolute nonsense.
1: Just go to Wikipedia and go movies of 1980.
0: I'm going. I'm going domestic uh, box office. Okay. Here we go. Okay, so we're gonna go because uh, that
1: is box office doesn't always mean the best movies though.
0: All right. So, so here we go. I'm going to go with like, well, I'll just tell you the 20 movies you could be been in okay. 1980. Okay. So, number one, of course, is.
1: Uh, I guess the Strikes Back. Yeah,
0: you got it. That's right. Okay. Uh, how about now? All right. I'm going to do, make this a little guessing game because oh, we had fun. We've talked right. about deep feelings. Yeah. We've talked about things. Yeah. We've, we've probably overstepped boundaries. <laughs> which is I don't fine. believe
1: that. I would never do such a thing.
0: All right. This film was uh, the number two film that year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, starred uh, women. Women were in it.
1: Women, just, just women?
0: Um, No, there was a guy who was oh. a jerk. Uh, but uh, the three leads were definitely women. And nice. all women who are very successful to this day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In 1980.
0: You're correct. Yes. Two of them star in a TV show, or ha- have until recently. And one of them is a very popular musician to this day.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: One of them was one of the secret producers of Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: Secret producer? Yeah. Oh, I don't know any of this. One of
0: them has a theme park. <laughs>
1: Oh, nine to 5. Sorry. Yeah,
0: 9 okay. to 5. So Dolly Parton was one of the secret producers of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I
1: think I I think I saw... That's funny because I saw 9 to 5 at a drive-in theater in Hazleton, B.C. in 1982. So it took a while to work its way out to the drive-in saw it circuit. saw on
0: VHS. Mm. Okay. These are kind of fun.
1: Mine was a cooler way to see it. And I also snuck it in a trunk. Yeah.
0: These are fun. We're going to have some fun with this. Okay, here we go. Uh, number three is a buddy comedy.
1: By 90, two 80, did, 48 hours? Uh,
0: nope. Oh. Uh, no, uh, he, I don't think Eddie Murphy was doing his thing quite oh, yet. Oh, not quite yet. Okay. Uh, but it's a buddy comedy by someone who... This team did, I think, at least three other buddy comedies.
1: Oh, okay. is it Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder?
0: Correct. What's the film? Is it Silver Streak? It is not.
1: Is it see here blind guy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not see here blindy. <laughs> um... What'd you, you say, blindy? I'm deaf.
1: Jesus. I'm, I'm out of... Uh, what is it? Sir Crazy. Yes. Okay. All right. Jeez.
0: <laughs> this one is a drama. All right. Two of the best actors. Oh. Uh going head to head. And uh you Kramer know. versus Kramer? Yes. There
1: you are. That's a good movie. Do you know why? Because he's reading Tintin to his son as scene. Sure. After that, Dustin Hoffman's character can do no wrong. Alright, I'm gonna He yeah. should be dead. Get that mum out of here.
0: Alright, uh so uh this film is uh, five words long. This film is la- five words long? Yeah, well the title. Title, okay. And the last word is can.
1: Can is that what you can tell me?
0: The second to last word is you.
1: You can. It's five words. I don't know. Third,
0: the third word okay. is way.
1: Oh, any which way you can? Yeah, that's the, right. Why did not you just say it's one with the Clint Eastwood with the orangutan?
0: Because then you'd go any which way but loose.
1: Yeah, but then I would be wrong. Yeah, then right. you'd like throw that in my face. Okay,
0: this one is also women. <laughs> All women. All oh, women? All oh, women. Wow. That's right. Okay. And uh, it's, got a, it's got a little bit of drama to it, but it's pretty much comedy. It became a TV show. Uh, later on, uh, the um, the second lead in it uh, went on to do the TV show. The first lead did not because they were too big a star at the time. Okay. By the way, this first lead is also married to a very big star as well, and was uh, married to a very big star from the old Disney days.
1: Oh, so Goldie Hawn.
0: Right. So, what's the movie?
1: All I can think of is Private Benjamin. You're
0: correct. All right.
1: That's this, a good movie, by the way.
0: This is a this is a musical. Okay. Uh, by biography. And okay, musical biography. A musical biography. Uh okay. that's uh, kind of tra- Of a traumatic real person stories. Yeah, a real real person, traumatic story. Okay. Uh but tale of success at the end, but like sad. And then
1: but uh, it's a it's, musical.
0: Yeah, it's a it, well, there's a lot of music in it because oh. this person's a musician.
1: Oh, I see.
0: Yeah, it's about a musician. A
1: coal miner's daughter?
0: Correct. Okay. okay. This one involves cars.
1: Involves cars. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of driving. Is it Smokey and the Bandit? Oh, he, it? keep going? Part
0: two. Yes. All right. This one also involves quite a bit a of oh, cars. Okay, it's a lot of cars. A lot of cars, right. cars piling up. It's not Gumball Rally, is it? Or? It is not. But okay. it's got a lot of cars. Like okay. a lot of cars getting destroyed. A lot. Okay. And it's a. It's also a musical. In that, uh, yeah, there's musical numbers throughout. Okay. And then a big musical uh, thing at the end.
1: Cars get destroyed. Yeah. It's oh, based... Blues Brothers. That's correct. <laughs> there is a lot of cars that get destroyed in that movie.
0: This is a sad movie. Oh, no. It's number 10. Sad. Okay. Sad movie. Yeah. Uh, so sad. And yet, it yeah. has a lead in it. Yeah. A uh, female lead uh, that uh, you know from comedy. Mm. In fact, she had a comedy going on around that time. And she was also in a comedy in the 60s that was also very. Are you talking very about great. ordinary people? I am. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. tell uh, Tyler more? This one. Uh, Timothy. This one ran out of money.
1: Hutton. What's that? Sorry.
0: This one ran out of money halfway through making oh, it. Oh, Popeye. Yep. <laughs> this one. Do
1: you know the problem with that movie? Go it was, ahead, I was Tommy. watching it a little while ago. Too many songs. Too I many songs. I am what songs. I am, but I am what I am, too I am, much. I am but too that's much.
0: all, but I am but that's all, that's but fine. I am. That's fine.
1: A few of those are fine. He's it's just that, large. It just, gets, it just gets too many songs. Yeah. And I can understand, because like, they're all really good songs.
0: Yeah, that's a problem.
1: And, that, you know, like, Nilsson obviously was, like, on a hot streak just writing all these songs Look, for the man, movie. And here's the thing, too. His studio was right in at the 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 set make, on in Malta or Make it this was.
0: a freaking Broadway musical, guys. Like we got you got the songs. The mm. songs are killer. Yeah. Get on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with Not you? Not a bad idea. Uh so anyway, um one of the one of the leads yeah. from the movie Rob we just Williams. said uh is in the next film. Oh. Is one of the leads in the next film?
1: Is it Robin Williams who's the lead in the next film? Yep. Oh, so Shelley Duval? Yep. It's The Shining? Yep. A uh, film my dad took me to see.
0: Okay, so this uh, stars uh, one Vancouver actor. Okay. Uh, one Vancouver actor. Uh, one not Vancouver actor. Okay. They are a comedy team. They did about six movies.
1: So this is going to be Cheech and Chong. Which is one? next movie?
0: Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> doing pretty good there. <laughs> Very vague. All right. Vague now, Vance. The Blues Brothers was, of course, a spinoff of Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live, yes, that's true. That's great. Okay. Uh, but a
1: star from Saturday Night Live. So Chevy Chase, are we doing a Chevy Chase movie now? yeah okay foul play nope uh fletch nope my (laughs) worm let me see
0: uh chase is in it oh is it caddyshack yes okay all right this one the villain yeah is a lady Mm. it's a a
1: villainous lady
0: villainous lady yeah but Mm. but yeah people when they think about it go forget that okay forget that it's a villainous lady yeah they think it's someone else that's the villain oh really because in the later films uh, it wasn't the lady. Who was uh, the villain? Who was the villain. But in this film, it was... So this the... film
1: had sequels or it had... Oh, mechanics? it had
0: sequels, brother. Okay. Oh, it had sequels. <laughs> so many sequels. A ridiculous amount of sequels. That's One amazing. sequel was shot here, but it wasn't set here. Yeah. But it was shot here.
1: Okay. Oh, it's uh, Friday the 13th.
0: Correct. <laughs> see? <It's> fun, right? <laughs> we're having a nice time. I like it.
1: roundabout hints. Are we're, fun. Having
0: a, we're having a nice time. I yeah. gotta look here and see... Uh, Okay.
1: I'm surprised that Friday the 13th came out in 1980. That was later. Uh, okay. Seems to be it was a party you. movie in, when I was in in grade 11. So
0: do you do you want to see a movie about uh, a new warden in a small prison farm in Arkansas? Because that's what this film is about.
1: <laughs> is it Sir Clint Eastwood? Uh,
0: it's not that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, no. Oh, Robert Redford. Brew Baker. Yes. Yes. Okay, that one I didn't know. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to 20. We're at uh, 17 right now. Mm-hmm. This one is a remake. Okay. Of uh, of, a, of a, one of the first films to try something uh, special in a film. Um, but uh, it's a remake of it. Okay. And it's a musical. It's a musical. Yeah, that's right. Version. Of a film from, I guess, the 30s.
1: It's a musical version of a film from the 30s. Well, it was
0: a, the 30s film was also a musical. Oh, it was. Famously a, a musical.
1: Oh, The Jazz Singer with yes, Neil Diamond. That's correct. And Laurence Olivier oh. is his father. Right. Directed by Norman Jewison. Canadian. Do you,
0: do you like large men with wings? Because this film has that.
1: Large men with wings?
0: Large men with wings going, ha, ha, ha. This film has that. Indeed. Oh,
1: oh, it's Flash Gordon. It sure is. Okay. Flash. Ah.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Brian, Brian Blessed. Uh, how about an idealistic modern day cowboy? I'm just going to read you this one because I don't know it.
1: <laughs> oh, is it um, with Robert Redford, Electric Horseman?
0: Nope. Oh. Uh, struggles to keep his Wild West show afloat in the face of hard luck and waning interest.
1: Oh, this is a Clint Eastwood film, right?
0: This is a very good question. I'm going to look it up. Um,
1: No, maybe I'm wrong.
0: Oh, but you're right. Clint Eastwood. Yes, directed by Clint Eastwood. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's starring him. It might be. Yes, it is. He is, in fact, the lead. And uh, Uh, Sandra Locke is the the lead. Scatman Crothers also in it.
1: So it's not Honky Tonk Man, is it?
0: It is not.
1: I can't think of the title of it. Well, Well. What is the title? Bronco Billy. Ah, Bronco Billy.
0: And finally... I'll give you. Tw- I'll, I'll go to twenty one. Okay. Um. Uh. This one. Yeah. is About a fighter.
1: Okay. Rocky. Nope. It's about a fighter.
0: Sure is. And uh, someone altered their body for uh for this.
1: Oh, uh, raging bull.
0: Yeah. And uh, we're gonna go one more just okay. for just for good fun. All right. All right. Here we go. This one is considered uh, a, a bit of a stinker. Uh. Let's go. A stinker. No. It's considered a stinker. Uh, and it's uh, got uh, Gene Kelly as the co-star.
2: Oh, is that a dude?
0: Yes, indeed. Thank you for playing.
1: <laughs> Thank you for f- the game. That was fun. It was fun. I liked your your, uh, your crazy hints. That was fun. Made it more fun. They're very vague.
0: It's just such a time where uh, you uh, you remember these films. like It's like well, they yeah, all kind of get welded into your head.
1: Because you saw them on Siskel and Ebert at the movies. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that's how I remember most of those films is that I didn't see them. I just watch to watch the them argue about them
0: do you know what's weird it's like I thought okay so oh God book two is number 31 okay which okay it's fine yeah yeah but like here's a film that did better than oh God book 2 which surprises me yeah uh, let's see if you can guess this one and then okay. I'll leave this alone <laughs> okay um it was a, it was a spin-off film from a television series. Okay. Uh, that was created by Mel Brooks. So there was uh, Co-created Robin Created by Mel Brooks. Robin Hood
1: Men and Oh No, is, is Robin Hood Men and Tights? Or are you talking about no. a different? Oh, so get smart.
0: Yes. So what was the film called? The Nude Bomb. That's correct.
1: And it made more than Go 2? It 2. did. Yeah, that's, that's really strange. Which is strange, isn't it? I
0: always thought like that didn't do uh, that didn't do that well, but yeah, it did. Because uh
1: Robin Hood Men and Tights was also a spinoff of a of a TV when show. When things were rotten. When things were rotten. Yeah.
0: I remember watching that show quite a bit.
1: Because yeah, I didn't get to see it because I had Cub Scouts the same uh, time as as that show so i did see a couple of episodes but not not many and i don't know if it was great or not
0: here was the problem with the nude bomb for me i've <laughs> never seen it but let's hear no 99 it.
1: that is a problem why not why not barbara Fel- felden or someone like barbara felden doing let's that just get
0: barbara felden what are you doing it's a yeah. movie
1: yeah it's true it's a movie, it's a movie. they want to pair
0: is it uh did you get the oh a different chief boo this is all garbage <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe maybe chief died by that awesome. yeah I hope I hope not. Yeah, Barbara <laughs> film. Well, that's a, that's a big part of this. It All is. Right. So we should probably get to uh the land of the letters, you know. Okay. Um now that we've had fun. Now we've had our fun. Let's let's uh let's let you say your piece. <laughs> um we have a a found letter from uh from episode 626 six because we lost it or didn't uh, put it up yet or some such. <laughs> There's reasons. Anyway, it's from a friend Todd. And uh, the questions that week that we asked were, uh, what movie scene scared you as a kid and what's your favorite Christmas special? Oh, fine questions. Uh, Todd uh, responded, sneakers! I'm in the middle <laughs> of listening to 626 and two things came to mind. Mm. I used to give my father-in-law guff over how he'd salt his salad before oh, uh, taking a bite. That is weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we talked about seasoning. Yeah. That's right. But that's, that's a good expression like, that really salts my salad. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I watched a friend of mine, oh Jesus, pour salt on a slice of pepperoni pizza before having a nosh. Ugh. That seems like pepperoni. Could that be saltier? What are you doing? That's crazy. <laughs> I'm sure the fact that both of these guys were smokers had a lot to do with it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that yeah there make you sense. go. A- their poor uh, taste buds gave up the ghost long ago, and these guys just needed some kind of culinary sensation. <laughs> that was a thing like with a lot of um, <laughs> uh, cooks were smokers. Mm. And so they'd season to taste, but their taste. So when you had the food, it would be Gah! like, okay, we're not smokers. Knock it off. Secondly, Interesting. I know I've seen all the Toy Story movies and most, of, not all, of the various shorts, but I can't remember any mention of Santa Claus occurring in any of them. Hmm. Was there ever a time when Mom was telling Andy and Molly about how Santa, pardon me, Santa and his elves build toys for all of the good boys and girls, followed by either Woody or Buzz overhearing and reacting all like, What? There's some man of the North Pole who made us? followed by the inevitable bad decision for the toys to make the journey to the top of the world to meet him, chaos and or hilarity would undoubtedly ensue. And that's all I have to say about that. Until next time.
1: There's Toy Story 5 for you.
0: Yeah, that's a good that's a good pitch. The problem <laughs> would be that there's a lot of, uh, yeah, we never say what religion uh, he is. He might not be Christian. and might not have a Christmas tree. Uh, but if he did have, like, there would be that elf on the shelf, right? Probably would be there. And then that thing would come to life because they all come to life. And what yeah. did, what do the Christmas decoration things like? Are they like, don't put us away. They put us away in the, in the closet for like most of the year. It's a nightmare. You got to free us. Yeah. There's a lot of story there. Um, so w- what we uh, talked about last time was what TV show uh, should be revamped. And what's your favorite book that your parents read to you while growing up? Oh, by the way, uh, we talked about Fred Berry last time we did part of a group called the lockers okay and tony basil was kind of the lead choreographer of the lockers and they would be on many tv shows that's good and uh, fred berry was called the penguin
1: tony basil did choreography for the monkey's film head there you go is she still around i believe she is very good still dancing
0: let's have her on the show (laughs) come on Uh, Tony. liam writes you know you listen fantastic episode at the movies should be revamped. With revamped. us, you mean? Yeah, was saying, uh, we were talking about Star Wars. And I hope you favorite...
1: enjoyed. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's uh, movie quiz. You're guessing along, Liam.
0: Yeah, yeah. Please. I was going. What movie quiz? Oh, the one you just did. <laughs> my favorite book that my parents read to me growing up was Nate the Great Goes Undercover.
2: Oh wow! Very good. Uh, Liam is much younger, younger than, than us. us. <laughs> yeah, Liam is,
0: no, is much younger. Yes. Uh, Marcus uh, Harwell uh, writes and says, I do like the idea of the Force, because we talked about the Force being sentient, being semi-sentient or dog-like. Dogs don't care if you're evil in general. Uh, My preferred conceptual framework for the Force is a combination of everything Ben says about it in Star Wars and a mashup of Zen and, and Taoist ideas in a similar vein. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, binds the galaxy together. It was a fun way to bring magic into the world of future fantasy. We have laser guns, spaceships, but we can also move stuff with our minds. It's energy, never static, moving, and flowing. It's elusive and difficult to harness. Anyone can potentially use it for good or evil, but uh, to be able to focus its power requires discipline, practice, and study like any skill. In the sequels, there were shreds of ideas worth exploring about the idea of a dark versus light sides of the Force, not prophecy and the one who would bring balance. Those are dumb ideas. Dumb dead ends that burden the story with unnecessary exposition and lore. Agreed. Yes, that's true. Uh, speaking of lore, uh, don't let start on the ponderous waste of time. That too many writers engaged by chaining themselves to a massive stone of world building before they even get started on actual stories. Tolkien is the main model for that. I know, but he did it and he went along and ye gods, does every book need to be part of a multi-volume series steeped in the history and geopolitical machinations of its setting? Just fake it and move on. There's plenty of room to pad out one's world if it's time, if it, to, to, when it's time to write the uh, sequel or prequel? Honestly, I've rather soured on series in re- recent years. I'm on the lookout for uh, one offs more and more. Mm. Uh, since seeing the part one of the blank saga is making me tired and cranky. <laughs> it's like eating a fresh donut. Mm. And it's sweet, and it's fluffy, so and good. it's so delicious. Right. And you go licking your fingers, and the counter person says, But oh, wait, mm? have another one. This has extra icing. <laughs> And you say, well, well, okay, I did like that one. Sure, 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 let me have it. And maybe it's fine, but not as satisfying as the first one because two donuts is pretty filling. And it's, to be honest, a little stale. Then they say, hang on, though, babe. I don't like him calling me babe because we got a whole <laughs> box of them uh, on the way just for you. And you go, Jesus, I really think I'm going to be able to don't think keep all this down. Can I just go, because I got some errands to run. No, come on, you love it. Everyone loves these donuts. It's a party in your mouth and everyone's invited. Uh, Look, there's so many. Yes, uh, one-off books are where it's at for me right now. Except for Sparks. Sparks can have many sequels. Thank (laughs) you very much. And question of the week, number one. I really enjoyed a show that aired one season in 84 to 85 called It's Your Move, starring a young Jason Bateman as a perpetually scheming uh, con man. David Garrison played his nemesis. The writer living next door and dating the kid's mom. But in contrast to most shows centered on wise-ass kids, Garrison's character was both clever and perceptive. The two spent most of the series sabotaging and outmaneuvering each other. And it was a lot of fun to watch. The schemes escalated into frankly ridiculous heights, uh, and I was still all in. Our uh, local affiliate canned it before the final few episodes, so I never uh, saw the producers wreck the show by having Bateman's character exposed for his hoaxing to his mother and promising to knock it off. What follows is purported to be the most pedestrian uh, sitcom fare. I'd love to see this premise taken up again, uh, where I don't have to suspend my disbelief that either every adult is monumentally clueless or every young person is as petulant or surly question of week number two hmm. picking up uh, just one favorite book that mom used to read us as kids is hard we went through a bit of token the wow. entire narnia series together and those were a complete delight likewise most of the moomin books but i think my most cherished is comet in moomin land it's apocalyptic <laughs> funny fantastical and full of truth about life and family
1: wow thanks nice. i see that's interesting because i don't not know moon i don't know moomin i don't really
0: at all. either no but like uh my my wife and uh, sister in law yeah grew knew, up with Moomin. They're Finnish background. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. No, it's just a mystery to me. Like uh, when we were in um in- when we were in London, like we went to buy the Tintin shop. Uh, there's also a Moomin store in Covent Garden as well as yeah. the Tintin shop. And so we, we went up there to just look around, and I'm, I'm just mystified because it absolutely has no meaning to me. Like yeah. honestly, I don't I don't know anything about the character. I don't even know what the stories are about. I mean, I know what the character looks like, but I don't know what the stories are about or any kind of. Any element of it is interesting. Have you
0: uh, tried it?
1: No, I never have.
0: Okay. Well, here's a here's a question I'm going to have that's not one of our official questions, uh, which is, what Moomin story should Dave start on? <laughs> All right. Because it seems like the kind of thing that might be up your alley. You might well, like sounds it
1: sounds like uh, Marcus would say Moomin. Uh, yeah comet and moonlander It's called.
0: Uh, and Louise writes. Louise. Yeah, Louise, it's not a, it's not a good time until Louise. Uh, there are two picture books that my mom used to read to us I remember fondly. One is Swimmy, about a lonely little black fish who organizes a school of red- little red fish to swim in the shape of a big fish to scare off a predator. Swimmy becomes the eye of the fish in a striking strength in numbers image. The other book is Paddle to the Sea uh, by by about a model of a canoe and paddler uh, that a First Nation boy carves and launches into the river. The story follows uh, its journey through the Great Lakes over Niagara Falls, down the St. Lawrence River, Hmm. and into the Atlantic Ocean. And along the way, people help the canoe continue on its journey. It's a story of how you can never know how far your original creation can go and how many lives it can touch. Both books are beautiful, beautifully illustrated and won awards. You can check them out on YouTube where people read them out loud for you as they show you the pictures, just like Mom. Paddle to the Sea was made into an Oscar-nominated live-action short by the NFB and is also available online. Speaking of online creations, instead of uh, remaking an old TV series, I prefer if the producers uh, create a new one. So instead of a revamped Twilight Zone, you make Black Mirror. Instead of a reboot of Columbo, you make Poker Face. I'd like to see some sort of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that explores the demons that plague people in the second half century of their existence, i.e. over 50. Mm. Yeah, that does sound like a good <clears> idea. So, yeah, good ideas all around. Thank you, Louise.
1: Sounds right. interesting.
0: Do we know. have any emails, my friend?
1: Do we have any emails?
0: That's a good question. Emails. I should look do we have them? See. Why don't you let me know if we do have them? If we don't have them, why don't we have them? Why don't people like us today? <laughs> Is it the things I'm we it, really. say? Is it just our basic way? Why don't people like us? Why don't people write us? Where are the emails today? Dave. I can't. Just one second. Take your time. My. Uh, I'm going to do one more plug. For, my thumbprint uh, wasn't working. Refresh my memory. Refresh. Uh, new new my Refresh My Memory, memory. is out uh, this week. And uh, hey, if when you finish listening to those, uh, why not listen to some horse mysteries? Catch up on those. Done by uh, David and his wife, Lisa. It, what What's the what's the show about? It's about mysteries. It's true. Horse mysteries. That's also true. Listen, I'm going to give you the information of how to mail us, and then we'll do the questions later after this, but I'll just get out of the way. Uh, we're at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. We're on Facebook as sneaky Dragon. We're on X at uh, Sneaky underscore Dragon. We are on Tumblr, SneakyDragon.tumblr.com. And we've got our own website, which is uh, SneakyDragon.com where... Uh, we've got all of the episodes of all the shows that we have done, and you can leave a little message for us there, and we appreciate it when you do. Uh, going back to David to see if uh, his thumb... Remember when you like uh, got rid of your uh, thumbprints so you could commit more crimes?
1: <laughs> yes, that's been a problem with my okay. phone.
0: Um, you know what? My phone is not working. This is showing a black screen right now.
1: Oh, I'm very sorry about so, that. So uh, I was well, well, I'm Louise, pretty sure...
0: Louise was like very pro-Black Mirror, <laughs> and now I think she has cursed your phone.
1: She's cursed my phone. I don't think there was any emails, but okay. I did have one thing to talk about. Please do. So as you know, uh, a uh, one of our listeners, two-time winner of, uh, of the Sneaky Dragon Listener's Questions uh, prize giveaway. Yeah, we really Jonathan got away to... with that
0: scam, right? <laughs> right?
1: That worked out good. Paid as well for that. Um, we
0: learned our lesson.
1: <laughs> he uh, has his own podcast called "The Dirty Harry Minute," mm-hmm. in which you, I guess, it's a popular uh, format for sounds podcasts. Sounds
0: filthy. <laughs> if you don't know that there's a movie with that name, mm, uh, the Dirty a, hairy a podcast minute. called "The Dirty Harry Minute." Yeah, it sounds like a party in your mouth, if <laughs> <that> everyone's invited. <laughs>
1: and. So uh, I was on there for a minute. Were you on for a minute?
0: I've I i do not think so. Uh,
1: probably it's probably I'm sorry. for some reason.
0: Have I been on it? I don't think oh so. Oh my gosh! I feel bad.
1: You just you were just ignored by. Okay, Jonathan. I have watched the movie. I've been on, I've been all over it. Um, well, the first I episode even watched
0: Death Wish, which is unrelated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the first episode I was on, we we did it through WhatsApp, and it was very confusing for me. It was like, <laughs> it was like too much technology and not enough at the same time. Yeah. Uh, other ones have been different uh, through Zoom and such things, but. Um, yeah, I was on. I did a minute. I did the minute where Dirty Harry jumps off of a bridge onto the top of a school bus, and then uh, before that time, the, uh, the 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 antagonist of the film, the Zodiac, or whatever he's called, or Scorpio, he is uh, tormenting the kids on the bus by making them sing uh, a song. What is he singing? Making them sing "London Bridge is Falling Down," something like that. And something of course, was that. the kids just get scared because he's a maniac. But anyway, <laughs> so we talked about that scene, and then and then later on, I came on to discuss uh deadpool the deadpool Mm -hmm. the final dirty harry film unrelated to the marvel's Deadpool, unrelated and then and then i came back again to discuss a film called Coon Coon, which is a uh bollywood remake of dirty harry and so that was fun and then also you kept
0: pretending to lose your keys and you kept hey why i'm here and then you like do another podcast like oh yeah i lost my i left my hat (laughs) like you weren't wearing a hat you know my really you're right i wasn't wearing a hat exactly it
1: yes If you can't be, if you can't provide quality, just provide annoying. uh, (laughs) But so, and then also Jonathan does a thing where he has had former guests uh, write stories, sort of fan fiction based around the universe of Dirty Harry. So uh, originally I wrote a story called The Brute about the black character that beats up Scorpio so that he can accuse Dirty Harry of, of assaulting him and uses that to get out of jail or whatever in the movie in the movie world is how it works, you know, and then uh, I wrote another story about a woman who works in a police station who makes a sweater for him. I hardly remember these stories now <laughs> and then he asked me a little while ago, I don't even remember when it was seems like it was quite a while ago he asked me to write one last one last story he said, and so I wrote a story about
0: oh, one last one before retirement,
1: yes, and I said, I'm too old for this shit yeah. uh and then um I'm
0: sailing around the world
1: <laughs> and that's when the uh that's when the car crashed through my house, and so then, um, uh, yeah. So he asked me to write. So I wrote a story about um, Clint Eastwood's not clean, but Dirty Harry's former partner. Uh, I always think of his name as Dietrich, but whatever his name was in the in the movie, I wrote a story about him. And of course, I sent it to Jonathan quite a while ago, and then I absolutely forgot that it <laughs> existed. I literally did not. As you should, because I think I wrote it. I think he gave me a deadline because <laughs> I said, "Give me a deadline, otherwise I won't do it." So he gave me a deadline, and then I didn't do it. <laughs> And I wrote it, like, at the last minute, and I sent it <laughs> off to him. And uh, and then uh, and I just, yeah, it just, it just completely slipped my mind that I'd ever done it. It seems like it was years ago that I did it, but it can't be that long. But anyhow. So this week, he, I was at the gym, actually, and he wrote to me, and he sent me a, a, a clip, an audio clip, of my story being read for the show. And... I was so surprised because I totally forgot about it. So I was just like, what? What is this? I didn't even remember. I was looking at the...
0: I didn't do nothing. You're a dirty liar.
1: <laughs> it had like a... And I looked at the title. I went, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the writing that story. And so I started listening to it. And it is... Not that my story is great. But the person who performs it is so great. It's a real pleasure. I don't think I've ever... Yeah. I, most of the things that I've written, I have performed. Mm-hmm. So I'm very unhappy with the performance that's gone into it. This is a different person who's doing the performance. Well,
0: you always do yours as Cockney Pete. <laughs> Dick
1: Van Dyke level Cockney yeah. as well. It is a problem. And so, but hearing this guy do it, I was just like, and also the fact that I didn't remember any of it. Yeah, that's nice. I was just so taken with yeah, it. I mean, you've probably experienced that too, where you've written yeah. something and oh, sent it absolutely. off. And then it comes back to you and you're, you're very happy with how it's being done. And, and all your jokes are much better or seem much better, obviously.
0: Well, they're your style of joke. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. It is to your taste. It is to
1: my taste, obviously. So it's really. Uh, I played it for Lisa, and she did not crack a smile. <laughs> and
0: uh, I liked it. You played it for me. It was good.
1: Yeah. And um, and then I said uh, when we got out of the car, she said, "Oh, that was really good." I said, "Was it?" You didn't even laugh. She goes, "Oh, I didn't know it was supposed to be funny." <laughs> but anyway, so um, it was supposed to be funny. That's that's one clue. But anyhow, uh, it's just performed really well, and uh, Jonathan put in like uh, supposed to be in a hospital, and so there's all these like beeps and and machines whirring and, and there's intercom voices and stuff happening throughout the and it really sets the mood for it all and it's just a really wonderful wonderfully produced so i was really happy with it oh, that's fine. i laughed i laughed at my own jokes and i felt really guilty about laughing at my own jokes but they're all so new i don't know who yeah. made these jokes are great so anyway it's it's a lot of fun so um the episode is out on on um if you are if you're already subscribed to dirty Harry minute then it'll be in your podcast subscriptions but If you don't, you should, and then you will find that show there. And anyway, you can go there. And you can find this episode. My story is apparently the last one. Unfortunately, both me and the person who performed my story are uncredited for whatever reason. We're like Thoral Ravenscroft in The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Exactly. Not getting our, our, you know, no one knows who's saying. And who that's sang. not great. <laughs> no one knows who's saying, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, uh, because of that oversight. Same
0: voice who does Tony the Tiger. That was <laughs> the point of that joke.
1: Yes, yes. And uh, so. Um, anyway what so a great get,
0: name they have by the way
1: thorold ravenscroft jeez i know it's such a great name. holy moly and if you see him he looks he like looks a like yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. a silver fox with a beautiful mustache yeah, you want that and,
0: guy coming in and tell yeah. you, you know what you need for breakfast wow <laughs> no tell us
1: i'll tell you where no yeah he's, right. he's great fine champagne this is one of those men that you see you see talking and you go like what a gentleman what a gentleman right there, Thoral Ravenscroft. Yes, yeah, so you know, you didn't know who he was, but there was a documentary about the making of the Grinch, and they finally reveal so that people can find
0: it. Which sounds obvious when you hear the voice and mm-hmm. go like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, it's Johnny yeah, yeah. the Tiger.
1: It's a little bit different because he, he deepens it for, his, for the singing in the uh, Grinch. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so we are uncredited, but uh, give it a listen. We're the final, we're the final uh, story. Uh, the best was saved for last, in my opinion. I don't. I haven't listened to the whole show. <laughs> I'm just joking. But um, yeah, it's uh, it was a real pleasure to hear it, though. I listened to it twice. Once, my, once by myself, and then once with Lisa. We'll put the link up on the page. And then I made li- Ian uh, listen to it. Just it was excuse really me, good. Yeah.
0: But when me, I okay, again. so here's the thing. When I was listening to it, though, I thought there was some twist. <laughs> You're going to say at the end where you went like, mm. and that voice was AI. Like I was just <laughs> waiting because I thought like, oh, okay. So you sent in the script and yeah. they got an AI voice. So you knew it,
2: you
1: knew it was my writing.
0: Uh, I thought it was your style. Yeah, yeah that yeah. seemed right. Okay, but it was like there's some twist on this. There's mm. some twist on it, mm. and yeah, you weren't laughing enough for it to be anyone else's writing. <laughs> so it. Uh, you know, I was like, You've got some self consciousness to this. <laughs> but yeah, I was waiting for the twist, and then the twist was, oh, it was for the dirty hairy minute. Okay, yeah, that yeah. all makes sense. No, it's really well done. I was really pleased with it. Uh, Agreed. Uh, so anyway, I think you're in for a delightful listen when you listen to that. Hooray! Let's
1: do it. <laughs> so anyway, thank thank you, Jonathan, for inviting me. Again and again to do that show.
0: And for doing a podcast. Anyone who does a podcast, it's uh, God's work.
1: it's <laughs> yes, you're doing God's work. Yeah. Just like Mother Teresa.
0: I was asked by someone, I'm not going to say who it was this week, if uh, you and I were the ones who did the uh, James Bond podcast.
1: Someone asked that? Yep. I hope you said yes.
0: Uh, no, but I said we were inspired to do a Beatles podcast. Oh, okay. By yeah. the James Bonding podcast. Yeah, yeah. And then we finished ours before they finished theirs.
1: That's true. Yeah. That is true. So we win. It's, it was totally a contest. They didn't know it.
0: That's the best kind of contest.
1: Matt Gurley and Matt.
0: Give me the names. Matt Surly. Matt Surly and Matt Gurley. <laughs> Matt, Surly. Matt Surly is
1: the friendly one. That's the weird part of it. Yeah. Matt Gurley That's is a the mean twist. guy.
0: Um, so I was thinking for a question. Yeah. This is kind of based on something I was talking about again online. I'm just referring okay. people back to things I wrote online this week. Um, Stephen Colbert came back to work uh, after recovering from his uh, burst appendix. Uh, Are you familiar with this?
1: I know that he was off with a burst appendix. He was
0: off with a burst appendix. And so like when he was uh, uh, right after he did his episode with David Letterman, like the next day, uh, his something was going really wrong. Did David
1: Letterman appear on the on the late show?
0: Yes, okay. It's a great episode. You should, yeah, you should, I should watch it. I should see uh, and it's weird now going like, and it's about to burst. Uh, <laughs> and then the next day he's doing an episode with uh, Bradley Cooper, mm. and apparently he was rehearsing with like uh, a vomit bucket next to him and sitting oh. down instead of like standing. And then he's going did he the, realize
1: why he was so sick, or is it just that he did? He maybe thought he had a stomach flu or something. Well, or? I mean,
0: he was he recently had you know COVID again, oh, and so okay. he was okay. Thinking thinking, was so COVID. he didn't know he. Yeah. He just knew he was sick yeah so he uh was throwing he was throwing up and one of the things he said uh was He also had his producer blocking him from the audience so they couldn't see him crying because he was in such pain. Oh, my God. Then later on, like, they had, like, a chef who was on, and the chef, like, did this aggressive dancing with him, and it was like he was just in so much, so much pain, and then, you know, did the uh, thing, like, on the way home, like, his driver was taking him home, and the driver went, "Uh, I'm taking you to the hospital. I'm I'm fine. I was like, no, I'm taking you to the hospital. No, I'm fine. I'm calling your wife, (laughs) and she said, you're going to the hospital. I'm fine, and uh, you're going to the hospital. So generous. so he lost that he lost that argument Good. and went to the hospital and yeah, yeah. it saved his life because his appendix had burst my and God. so uh, so it had burst so he it had, had burst so yes
1: he, he yeah verging on peritonitis whatever you get yeah yeah so birth.
0: he had blood poisoning and yeah, would have yeah. died yeah, yeah yeah absolutely oh my so God. it was one of these it was one of these things that uh, just made me think of. Uh, how that, I mean, listen, I was a dum dumb when I had my fall and like, you know, I was knocked out mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like bleeding on the road. Yeah. And uh, like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. And I lost that argument luckily and ended up going to the hospital, which was smart. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, it's your normal instinct, you know. To not want to make trouble. To yeah. not want to make trouble. Right. Yeah. And yeah. especially double down on that when you're a performer mm. and it's like, you're feeling sick before a show. And it's like, no, no, the show must go on. The show must go on. And so you do the show. And in this case, because he was risking his life without knowing it. But that's the mindset is like, oh, you know, no, it's I've got to like man up and I've got to do this. And so my question for the for, for the week is, has there ever been a time that you have like, you know, uh, worked through uh, the pain of something or yeah. you've been sick or went to work. Yeah. And I don't mean just like, I had the flu and I went to work. No, but like you shouldn't have probably been doing the thing yeah. and you did the thing. Uh,
1: of course, I've done that because I think it's partly a, a generational thing. There is in our generation, in our generation, there's that sense of, you know, you got to work. Yeah. You got to just work through it. Don't, don't yeah. wimp out. Don't be a pussy. You yeah. Know? I, I don't I mean, think, I don't think that's the same now. Like I feel like a lot of the guys at work are like more than willing to just be like, no, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm going home. <laughs> saying, yeah, which is probably good for, for, you.
0: for the best. That's yeah. the best. Like the example I made Smart, was like, really. I, I used to work in a theater. It was a back alley theater and we had these cement steps that led up to the stage. Yeah. And I tripped at one point and smashed my knee and did the show, two-act two show. Yeah. And and uh, went through it and it was like a little achy, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then almost immediately afterwards couldn't walk. Mm. And I couldn't walk for like four days, like wow. at all. Yeah. Like it was just complete because your adrenaline kicks in. Keeps adrenaline. In, keep yeah you you're also
1: moving so that you're, it's kind of it's kind of like keeping the joint going and then but as soon as you sit down or take a, a minute where you're not using it uh, obviously the pain's gonna yeah end, like, so really i
0: guess what we're looking for for the question of the week is like a time that you pushed yourself too far mm-hmm. or uh shouldn't yeah. have been doing the thing you did but yeah. you did it anyway and what was the what was the consequences yeah.
1: well i'm pretty proud like i mean I'm, i that's a big part of me but i'm Pretty proud that I was like really reactive to, and it was probably because it was my junk that was at risk. So, but when I noticed something was weird about my, you know, my testicles, right? I like went to the doctor. I didn't go. Eh, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> eh, it's this is this normal, you which
0: know? is which is so standard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But a lot of people would not would would not have gone to the doctor because of that. Mm. You know, because it's like ah, oh, it's embarrassing. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to. It was
1: embarrassing, but it seemed concerning. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna put embarrassment aside and go to the doctor. So he can fondle my testicles. hmm He didn't really fondle them,
0: but No. And you got to say, like, at least buy me a drink first. <laughs> and they went, What? It's <laughs> like, it's okay. It's the eighties. <laughs> or sweet. the nineties or whatever. It Are was. you thirty-eight? <laughs> yeah. Because it's legal. <laughs> it's legal. <laughs> but is it wise? Yeah. <laughs> so basically what we're saying oh, is wow. uh be uh if you feel not not right, don't do the thing. I always feel like, you know, the thing about the show must go on. No, you must go on. Yeah. There'll be other shows. It's okay. <laughs> and and again, as an audience member, I don't want a performer to be going through pain. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. No, and it sounds
1: terrible. Like, why would...
0: And as a performer with another performer, yeah. I don't want the performer who's with me going through pain. Mm. So it's like, who are you doing this for? You're doing <laughs> it for yourself. You know, and so yeah. that's... I know your thing and I don't want to be selfish, but the real selfish thing is to do this performance. Yeah. I always feel that about, like, you know, whenever I see things about uh, restaurants where, you know, uh, the people work, like, to the point where, like, burning themselves and hurting themselves in the kitchen. And it's like, yeah, it's all this stuff happens in the kitchen. Well, I don't want that restaurant. I don't want my food to be causing people fucking pain. I don't want that shit.
1: Well, that's, a yeah, that whole restaurant culture. that That is a part of it, but it's obviously just macho bullshit. Yeah, macho bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm a big, I'm, a, I'm someone who swallowed you know, that pill as well, the idea of, and I wouldn't, I didn't even think of myself as macho, but definitely someone who, you know, is proud of the fact that I have, you know, you know, I, I mean, partly I have a good constitution, so I don't really get sick very often. Mm -hmm. So I never, you know, I just, I don't miss sick days at work, you know, I do miss work because I, you know, have to do something that involves not being at work, but uh, I've never missed a day from being sick. But is that like such a great record that I should go to work when I feel really horrible? That's not such a great Mm -hmm. thing uh my question i have a, i should have a question right
0: if you want
1: I, sh- I should have a question um so my question is the
0: question could be what? dave's question
1: <laughs> what is the best film that came out the year you were 13
0: Ooh, interesting i like it all right so best film that came out the year you were 13 at a time that you uh you know, uh, basically worked when you should not have worked or did something you shouldn't have done uh, through uh, pain or injury or illness. Uh, so let us know. Uh, let us know that we would love to hear it. And I've given you all the information already. So look. And also, I probably don't even need to, right? You know it. Yeah, you know it. You know if, if not, ask it. Louise. <laughs> That's fine uh looking forward uh to uh you know uh, d- uh our our upcoming holiday h- holiday show and our, hol- our regular holiday guests that's going to be fun but that's not it's not for another it's not two C- weeks couple of weeks yeah it's a couple of weeks we yeah. still got one more show it's all gonna be fine <laughs> uh well uh, and we will uh talk to you uh then in the meantime listen to any of our back catalog available to you at no extra charge please uh i've been ian i've been david all right stay well bye
1: Merry pre-Christmas, everyone. showing up at the very end this is a theme is finished i just want to congratulate my daughter mary for uh finishing her teaching program she is officially a teacher now so you all know mary co-host of listening party formerly millis Millis. uh we we know her we love her and uh just wanted to let everyone know that she's got through a program now she's officially a school teacher
0: lots of pride coming your way from the sneaky dragon community
1: bye everyone Oh, hi everyone. It's it's David again. Sorry to pop in one more time before the show's over. I just wanted to let everyone, well, let locals know, local Sneaky Dragon listeners know that I will be performing with David M. Uh, at a No Fun for Christmas show at the Princeton Pub on December 22nd. That's Friday, December 22nd at 9.30. You can come on down and uh, see David's epic, I believe it's around 80 song uh, Good King Wenceslas set madness i will be uh, helping out with that and uh, joining in another song so come on down and have some fun at the princeton
2: pub on december 22nd at 9 30 hope to see you there bye everyone